0: Go.
1: Darling, <laughs>
0: no place to go. Well, high above the way, an avenue called Wacker. Yes,
1: 303
0: is Wacker Dave, to be specific. Hey, what are they building in a basement here? Every morning I come in, there's like 4,000 construction people going to the basement. Is there some seen. secret plan? I believe it's well, a nuclear it, reactor. I it? think it might be. Maybe. I mean, they're doing all kinds of work on the building. They're building a new gym somewhere in this building. Yeah. That's supposed to be upstairs, like high upstairs. 30th floor, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Do you think they're putting in like a pool room, maybe table tennis? Could be. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> we got to get right to the top six at six.
2: From the Steve Cochran Auditorium in the lovely Sunrise Hotel, it's time to get your kicks. Get your kicks. Get your kicks. Get
3: your kicks. Get your kicks. Get your kicks.
2: The top six success sponsored
4: by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the sixty
5: minute men.
0: And again, I'm trying to start a rumor that there's some secret project going on in the basement of 303 Swacker that's highly sensitive.
6: Please let it be a Starbucks.
0: Well, well why not? There's not one within four or five feet of here.
6: There's yeah, there's not. I need one. <laughs> Item number one
0: is Chicago public school classes are canceled for the sixth consecutive day during the teachers' strike. Mayor Lori Lightfoot vowed the city can't bail. The school system out to secure a teacher's contract. The union's requests, including staffing guarantees, smaller class sizes, uh, have been estimated to cost about 2.4 billion over the length. Of the next deal, Steve. Any update on that?
7: No. The only update is that uh, the kind of the back and forth, the rhetoric um, from both sides, of, but from the city especially. The, the yesterday, they, the mayor said the, uh, the teachers' union needed to get real about negotiations. That's the kind of re- rhetoric that stretches out a, con- a, a contract dispute like this when you have you know start throwing around uh, you know phrases like that, and um, you know we're not we don't have any more money, and uh, but again, it's on both sides that. Uh, you know, it feels like it's
0: we're settling in here for a long strike. And uh, have you ever noticed you could never put the word rhetoric in a sentence and have it turn out good? No. Mm-hmm. It's always negative. All right, we had some great rhetoric out there today. Who's happy about the rhetoric? <makes> uh, item number two, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot delivered her 2020 budget plan yesterday. Uh, laying out a plan aimed at digging the city out of an $838 million deficit. We'll take this up with Alderman Brendan Riley. After 7 o'clock today, one of the big things that came up is a higher tax on food and drink. And uh, Brendan Riley has about 9 million restaurants in his district. So uh, he has a particular concern about this. One thing I do know is parking rates are going to go up to $500 an hour. Um, And that seems right.
6: Also on ride shares, legal marijuana, and an increase in revenue from property transfer taxes. Pretty much uh, two things out of that affect me all the time, I'm every day. Say,
0: Can you imagine <laughs> if you were in an Uber, smoking weed, trying to transfer your property, how expensive that would be?
6: On the way to a restaurant!
0: Crazy. Next! Quack. State Review Board has approved plans to build an eight-story, $200 million facility for Provident Hospital in Bronzeville. The new hospital will sit west of the current Provident, be about 22% smaller, but with more cool toys and stuff. The you Illinois know, Health Facilities and Services Review Board approved it yesterday. Should be completed by April of 2023, and it's a good thing for the neighborhood. Next. <laughs> Google announced it has achieved a breakthrough in quantum computing research. Let's go live to Dave on this. Dave, you're our expert on quantum computing research. What do you know? Well, I know that uh, quantum, I, I can spell it, and uh, there's research done about using it for computing. Back the, to you, Steve. The quantums are all being researched right now, all of them.
8: Is a leap involved?
0: Yes. Yes, it understand. is a leap. It's a big leap. Okay. There's no question yeah. about it. A uh, calculation in just a few minutes it would take a traditional supercomputer uh, thousands of years is what they're hoping to achieve here.
7: So for all of us who uh, do uh, big math calculations at home on our personal computers, mm-hmm. this is going to be a big plus because we'll be
0: able to do them in just a couple of hours. And here's a weird thing. It just looks like a giant calculator. Yeah. It's got big buttons on it. You know, but There's like eight guys holding it up, somebody else pushing the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> it's old school like that. Next, get your cameras ready for the Portillo's Experience. Another one of these pop-up situations. We should do a pop-up Steve Cochran show. Yeah. You, pop up somewhere else in town. How about you the you basement at 303? Though.
2: The
6: whole point of this <clears> is to <throat> have a hook and lots of things that will look great on your Instagram, because it's all about the photo for the Insta.
0: Well, you and Viv and Dave and Mary, you all look great on the Instagram.
6: So maybe that, and me, no, and we, we do no, no, a paper me. mache sculpture of your head. <laughs> like uh, a, you know, and then people can actually take a photo with Steve Cochran, but it's like, uh, I mean, it,
0: it says actual size on the sign in front of it.
6: Yeah, no, just get a chia pet.
0: You guys are mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm dude I'm nothing but nice. You guys are mean. When I was a kid,
7: we used <laughs> them, we one the Halloween dec- one of the Halloween costumes I wore was the Charlie Brown head. Yeah, and it was a paper mache head, and oh, it what? was just giant. I'm thinking that's what your head would probably look like if we did a
0: costume. You know, hey, 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 tiny head, (laughs) what are you talking about?
7: It's
6: just like it has to be dramatic. (laughs) I but Chris
0: head is just as big as mine. My head is But it has to be
6: something dramatic and artistic that looks really good that people can stand next to Mm -hmm. and then post Mm -hmm. on their Instagram, and it makes people stop as they scroll. You know what's what's so
0: funny about this? The pop-up idea. I've already lost interest. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, in me. I've lost interest in me as a pop-up. Uh, Woodfield Mall is going to be where the Portillo's pop-up happens November 6th through December 31st. Step into the French Fry Room featuring cheese sauce dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> Sammy, is this a good idea? So, On your head? What do you That's, want that for?
6: It's a great picture. You.
0: <laughs> okay,
6: why could
7: you just go to a Portillo's and take those pictures?
6: No, because this is going to be like everything's going to be larger than life. It's going to be striking, visually arresting.
0: But any of you people go anywhere without taking a picture? It's about the lights. Do you go anywhere and just look around and I'm just go, just look you at know the world? What,
6: I'm letting you know what the young people are doing. Well, will
0: the cheese sauce be That's edible? not even I me. You know, you'd be like a turkey in a rainstorm. Steve will be in there with his head up <laughs> and his mouth open. Uh, life-size plush french fries as well in the room and a neon sign that says, I only have fries for you. Or you can pose on a giant onion ring swing. Oh, that sounds dirty. Uh, or a hot dog sofa.
6: See? This is why I'm trying to do something dramatic. I got to tell you,
0: um, I don't think this is what Dick had in mind when he opened Portillo's so many years ago.
6: But it's brilliant because you do this and then people advertise for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is great because Portillo's really does need the business. <laughs> but can you actually get food there? That's what this doesn't say. It doesn't sound like it, does it? No. Yeah. It, just, it, it just sounds like, like photo plush off. french fries. And then there's this. French. Cards Against Humanity, the self-prescribed party game for awful people, plans to open Chicago's first board game cafe, a restaurant and a bar with a board game library and shop. Who booze and candy land all in one place? Exciting. It's the uh, Margie's Candies building in Logan Square and it'll open early next why does it get taken until early next year? Just get a bunch of board games, throw them in a room?
6: No, Cards Against Humanity. That is the <clears throat> game that everybody like. Looks. No, I know
0: the game, but I'm saying, why does it take this long to open this cafe? Because
6: oh, it's special. <laughs> it's Cards Against Humanity.
0: it to be great because you can go and you can take a picture next to the Cards Against Humanity people.
6: A giant version.
0: Nick DiGilio uh, talks about show business and stuff. Coming up. That's
6: it! That's all today for the Top 6 and 6. No more!
9: Sponsored by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60-Minute Men.
0: Couple of textures, seven oh eight Steve, they're updating the Bat Cave in the basement. That's the secret plan at three oh three East Whacker. I should go down That'd there and say hi to cool. Oliver.
6: Yeah.
8: Hmm.
0: Two? Oliver the butler. That's uh Alfred. No, it's a new guy. <laughs> <laughs> <replaced him>. Sorry. <laughs> Bad. Alfred Alfred died. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. You could have been a little gentler. Well, I had the way to get you somebody new, and they got this guy named Oliver. Uh, Six-rail, the quantum supercomputer will still get stuck at Cook County Property Taxes. That's the one thing it can't possibly compute. That and airline fares. Uh, at 622, our friend Nick DiGiglio joins us now. I thought you were going to hang out on the show yesterday. What happened?
10: Uh, I overslept. <laughs> oh. I went I went home to get a couple of hours sleep. Oh, and of then sleep. you were coming overslept. back. I got it.
0: Yeah. Well, Okay, I thought you were just going to stay here.
6: It was very Yeah, I was going
10: to, but I, I, I didn't get a lot of sleep the day before. My, you know, you know, I have a really... I don't know if you know this or not, Steve. I have a very weird schedule. Well, you and the vampires.
0: Um, yeah. And now tell everybody what time you're on the radio here at the Mighty 720 WG.
10: I start at 1 a.m. I go till 5 a.m. every uh, weekday morning, Mondays through Fridays.
0: And by the way, when we moved you to 1 a.m., and when I say we, I mean they, when they moved you to 1 a.m., <laughs> That had to be quite a shift in your life, because 1 a.m., I mean, that's like noon for me.
10: Yeah, no, you know, to move from from, uh, when I started, when I first started this shift, it was at 2 a.m., and then Mm -hmm. they went, hey, we're going to give you another hour at 1 a.m. I went, wait a minute, I can't do that.
0: Right. I don't have that kind of material. I can't. Are you kidding me? I got to do four (laughs) hours instead of three? What what, 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 what are you, nuts? (laughs) All right, now there's a bunch of movies opening this weekend that I don't I don't know anything about. I'd rather talk about Halloween, but do I need to know anything about Countdown, Black and Blue, or The Lighthouse? Well, The
10: Lighthouse is the most interesting one. Black and Blue is a cop drama. Countdown is a is a generic uh, horror movie about a girl who downloads an app that kills her. Uh, so you know it's a it's a, doc, it's, a it's a documentary. Um,
0: Nick's writing like a new lighthouse. movie called Spoiler
7: Alert.
6: Well, <laughs> the lighthouse does lighthouse, look freaky.
10: Yeah, well, The Lighthouse is from the director, this guy Robert Eggers, who made a movie a couple of years ago called The Witch, which I think is one of the best uh, horror movies, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And it's a very strange film. And the latest movie from this guy is in black and white. It takes place in the 1890s at a New England uh, island lighthouse where it's basically a two-man show between Willem Dafoe Robert Pattinson. All kinds of crazy, surrealistic things happen, and there may or may not be a mermaid. Uh, so this to me, this this is the one to see this
0: weekend. So, have you uh, you ever been in a lighthouse?
6: No, I
4: have.
0: Yeah, I have too.
6: They're cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it seems like a pretty lonely existence if you're, like, living in a lighthouse. Has yeah. there ever well, been that's,
10: another? Well, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what happens to these guys. It's just the two of them, and they go nuts. Yeah, they lose <laughs> their mind. What'd you say, man?
8: Uh, Has there ever been another lighthouse horror movie? I mean, you'd think there would be. Wasn't there one where somebody was out there with a couple? It was a couple in a lighthouse, and something happened with her baby? Well, there was there was that was Rosemary's Lighthouse. No,
10: (laughs) there's there's one called Paper House, and uh, the best movie that takes a horror movie that takes place in and around a lighthouse is John Carpenter's The Fog, which is a classic movie. Mm -hmm. Where actually, uh, Adrian Barbeau plays a DJ on a radio station doing an overnight shift.
0: Wow!
6: In the lighthouse. No, no, no,
10: in the lighthouse, yeah. the guy in the lighthouse she, she, she listens to her. From the light- <laughs> I mean, the movie
6: looks super dramatic from the trailer that I saw. It just looks like long stairs, lots of uh, sea mist and rain. <laughs> has
10: anybody seen? Has have anybody? Uh, has anybody in the gang seen seen the witch, the movie that he,
8: this guy mm, made before? No, I want to see it though.
10: Mm. It's. Uh, yeah, it's weird, it's, it's slow, it builds up the tension so you kinda can't take it anymore, uh, and it's brilliant, and this is what this guy is good at, and, and the fact that he went to black and white and pretty much his entire cast is just two great actors drinking and going nuts in a lighthouse, I'm, oh, this is like in my wheelhouse,
9: big time. <laughs>
0: All right, so Halloween's a week from today. It's your favorite holiday, and uh, you should never miss a Halloween Nick show because it's uh, it's like a movie about a lighthouse. It's different, uh, <laughs> but I have in front of me your top twenty-five Google searched Halloween costumes. If you'd like to know, this is from a oh, new sure. new application called Frightgeist. Uh, Google's got a lot of money they can throw it away on different things. Fright Guys tells you everything you know about Halloween if you want to Google search that. So here we go, starting at number 25 and going to number one. A bear, a cheerleader, a vampire, a ninja, a devil. Those are your first five. Anybody? Anybody in those this sure. year? Moving on. Sure, a mermaid. Yep. You, you're a devil? Yeah. Devil, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about a mermaid, a doll, a princess, anything from Toy Story or a superhero? Those are your next five. Hmm. hmm. It Super, I
10: would go. I would go. Toy Story. If I were going to pick anything,
0: um, 15s Harley Quinn, 14s Mouse. Then anything from Stranger Things, a pirate or a
6: rabbit. I didn't realize how huge Harley Quinn was until I went to C2E2 and everybody was Harley Quinn.
0: I don't even know what you just said.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It's Harley
0: Quinn. It's a movie character.
6: What was the
10: she's, movie? A, she, she's a comic book character. She's Joker's girlfriend. That's, and, it.
0: Uh, wow. that's yeah. it, what you said. Your top ten. Unicorn. Anything from the 80s. Chucky. Fortnite. A clown. Anything from The Descendants. A dinosaur, Spider-Man, Witch, or number one. It. It. Yeah. The it. Stephen King movie. You're, you're going to have
10: completing you're competing clowns this year, because you're going to have uh, the Joker, which is essentially a clown, mm-hmm. and you're going to have It. And you're going to have just like a regular clown, like a nice clown who makes animals and stuff and doesn't kill them.
0: I'll stay inside then. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good call for all of us. Um, we have a helpful text here. Says a movie called Light Between Oceans. It was a novel made into a movie. That might be the movie that Mary's that's thinking. That's
8: the one. Of. That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, helpful listener. Yes. Um, all right, buddy. Listen. Uh, get some rest uh, and uh, stop by and see us sometime. I will, buddy. Take care. Thank you. you. That's Nick DiGiolio, and he's on every night from 1 to 5, and he's all over. He's got tremendous Facebook presence. He's all over your Facebook. So check that out as well. We'll come back with the headlines. Chuck Todd coming up, 720 WG. The uh, Washington Nationals continue their impression of the 2005 Chicago White Sox, and why not finish it off? Uh, Chuck Todd, our friend, joins us this morning uh, from uh, wherever Chuck in the world is. Uh, Chuck, congratulations. You now have to lose four of the next five to lose the World Series.
11: It's a great way of putting it. I appreciate that. that, that that's awesome. Focus on the negative <laughs> rather than rather than the, no, rather I'm, than the positive. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell it you is, what position uh, you you're know, in. 05 White Sox. I feel like's a pretty good um, a pretty good comparison. I mean, you know that team just looks unbeatable after a while, right? It just right. couldn't lose. Um, uh, and if I remember, the Astros were actually red hot when they got to the World Series. Yep. Carlos Beltran, if I remember, couldn't um, couldn't miss a baseball, and he had some absurd run. I think that was the year he had eight home runs or something, and in the postseason, some ridiculous figure like that.
0: But this is what Washington yeah, needs right down. now. Washington DC oh, locally needs That's this because Washington DC is on fire, and not in a good way.
11: No, it is. I don't know how to tell people this. I mean, the Nationals are keeping the city from totally burning down. I mean, it's it's it's, it's it is this unifying force that, that is, like, holding it together while, while everybody, you know, um, else in this town is losing their mind.
0: Um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, uh, well, why don't we start with... And these are all facts. I'm not making anything up here. Uh, the President of the United States called American citizens human scum yesterday, and it's barely a blip on the radar. No,
11: no. It, it, I think the the... the the conditioning that it's funny you bring this up, and I and I feel like sometimes I'm screaming into into the wind. The systematic conditioning he's done of the country that dehumanizing people is just regular political attacks is is a is a is something that I don't know how to get this back. But we have just totally so lost our way on that front that we have. I mean, I can't tell you the number of hours or days or months that parents spend telling their kids not to hit, to be nice, don't name call, all of these things. And the supposed role model of a country, Donald Trump, does these things. And, it, and it's like, you know, and, and in some ways, oh, complaining about it now, oh, he's been doing it for, you know, 40 years. Well, just because he's been doing it for 40 years doesn't make it right. I mean, he, the, the, it's the dehumanization of it all. And, you know, this is where social media comes in. You know, this is why uh, Mark Zuckerberg got, you know, got a rhetorical head bashing yesterday, because I think they, 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 any elected leader or anybody that thinks about this for a second realizes that it's social media that has helped accelerate this trend.
0: Speaking of that, you guys did. Uh, 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 did you win an Emmy for your social media show? I mean, you, you you guys did a great deep dive into social media not that long ago. And uh, continue to look mm-hmm. at it. NBC News and Meet the Press. Um, at what point does Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram have to take credit for the havoc they can wreak?
11: I don't know. I think it's going to. I mean, I I just, I just don't understand why my business and your business, Steve, is held to a different standard right. than social media. Nobody can buy time on WGN and and WGN's executives. Cannot knowingly air a, some false ad, right? Of course, okay. They can't do it. It's illegal. We can't do it. it, it Mark Zuckerberg, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I built. Oh my god, I, I don't know how to fix this thing that I built. Right. It's the most. It's the weakest, and it's just an obvious. Like he doesn't want to. He's afraid of messing up the business model. The only business model. That he thinks that works apparently for Facebook is using an algorithm to trick people, because what he's saying is that he is afraid of helping people know the truth or helping people know what's real and what's not real. Which, by the he, way, he must, which, which by the way, should get be lost his in a rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, and by, and by the way, that should, should be that. his duty as well. That should not be just something an option. That should be something he is compelled to do.
11: Right. He does not think he's a publisher. He thinks. He's some hacker who just figured out a way to meet people without looking them in the eye. Well, you know what? I'm sorry that he had social problems talking to people, and he had to invent an algorithm in order to improve that, or whatever it is. But this is not helping human interaction. Not at all. And then he hides behind it. Yesterday, he's pushing this cryptocurrency, and he's like, oh, I just wanted to bring banking to the world. Really, dude?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah I don't know that that's exactly his plan uh, but I, his business model does look good it's hard to argue with the stock and that seems no, to be he's the growing number
10: users word. but I,
11: he he does but you know who again the incentive to stay on social media is to get you riled up
0: the facts continue um the president stood up yesterday mm-hmm. and said that we have peace in the Middle East I'd like an update from you Chuck <laughs>
11: The, that was the hardest thing yesterday. I had to anchor that special report. I mean, there was a time he basically said the moon is the sun and the sun is the moon. Um, he, 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 Richard Engel summed it up pretty well. The president congratulating him, congratulated himself for stopping a war he helped start. Um, it, it was the most bizarre thing. Look, the, the, the president wanted to get out. We're not out. The president said we're you know, getting our troops are coming home. He has sent 14,000 troops to Saudi Arabia in the last three months. That apparently has totally been forgotten, I think, by the president as well when he talks about that, that he's bringing all these troops home. So those facts don't fit. Um, it is now Russia and Syria, uh, Russia and Turkey that are patrolling this area. We have no say in any of this. We're keeping a small force, a very small force, a special ops that I talked to some folks in in the national security world who think it will at least protect the oil fields? But the president is right. It will allow to keep, and the whole point is to keep ISIS from getting control of those oil fields because that was their source of income when they were able to build the caliphate the first time. So that is why that is a significant thing. So, okay, so now we're guarding essentially the oil, uh, you know, for the Turks and the Russians.
0: There is, I, I'm reluctant even to bring this up because it's so ridiculous, but people do need to know that this is another thing that's not okay. And again, these are facts. There's a congressman from Florida who would be an insult if I said has the maturity of a preschooler. His name is Matt Gates, and he led a group of uh, 20 other congressmen on some faux raid of mm-hmm. uh, the secret hearing that included his Republican colleagues. There's got to be some sort of discipline for this, isn't
1: there?
11: Uh, there, I think there could be an ethics violation if they wanted to do that. Um, I think the next time they could bring Capitol police and all of that. Uh, look, Democrats have, didn't want to see when they did a sit in, didn't want to see then the house majority arrest them either. And they didn't do it. So the, there is some tricky politics there. So I think as much as I think some Democrats would like to see Mark, Matt Gates, you know, frog marched out of that committee hearing. I think that they're, in some ways, they're letting the antics speak for themselves. And what are the antics saying? When you have nothing else, when you cannot defend the facts, what do you do?
9: Tip over the table.
11: Right? If you, you know, it, 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 that's essentially what they did, right? You're like, ah, uh, you know, it's like if you're, you're playing chess, ah, uh, I can't win. Just throw the table over. Right? So you don't get to win either, right? You know, and, and, and all that. So, It's what they're doing, but I think it is not a coincidence that it came the day after the single most damning testimony yet uh, in this impeachment inquiry. And, look, Republicans right now are just desperate for talking point to satisfy Fox hosts in prime time. And so that little antic that gave them some programming. But at some point, this thing is going to be a set of public hearings. And, you know, Democrats have to figure out how to navigate what will likely be more sort of – fraternity prank-like um, antics from the Republican.
0: Um, and uh, you have Meet the Press on Sunday. You've got MTP Daily. You have the Chuck Todd cast. How do you avoid the redundancy of the uh, of, of the truth every day? Which, by the way, I think is the title of my new book, The Redundancy of the Truth.
11: Redundancy of the Truth. It's, um, it's one of my frustrations. I, I've been leaning lately on the explanatory, I, I, I feel like, when when you're, because I think we'll sit down and say, God, we keep having to correct this or so we keep having to say this. Um, spend more time explaining why the misinformation is happening a little bit, right? So I think in this case, why are the Repub- why are the House Republicans resorting to this tactic? they got nothing else left. So I do think we need to do a better job of explaining and that's what we've been trying to focus on because you're right about the redundancy. You just sit there and you know, at some point, if it, it it can become white noise to the viewer, so you don't want it to that. But try to trying to explain the why of the antics at least gets you at the source of where this is all coming from.
0: Here in Chicago, uh, I'm leading a uh, coalition of people uh, to adopt the Washington Nationals as your new favorite team until the Cubs and the White Sox return to the World Series. Uh, I hope you guys get a Jimmy sweep Martinez, here, Martinez. Man, why
11: not? Right? He's, yeah. uh, he was Joe Madden. You know, Joe Madden's bench coach, so he's a. Uh, by the way, we all gave this guy a hard time uh, at, the beginning, at the beginning of the year for his management of the bullpen. In this postseason, he's been managing this bullpen pretty darn well. I've got to give him that
12: yeah. pretty darn well.
0: Two up. They need two more. And uh, the folks in Houston can't figure it out because uh, they were heavy favorites going into this thing. All right, Chuck, good luck. Thanks, as yeah. always. Thank you, brother. Right. You See soon. you later. That's Chuck Todd. All right, we're going to do this with traffic, and we'll come back, and I'll say hi to Pat Brady who's here. Uh, Alderman Brendan Riley uh, at 720 this morning to talk about what the mayor's budget address uh, could do to his aldermanic district, which includes just about every restaurant you've ever heard of in Chicago. And top of the hour, Congressman Raja Krishmanorthy will uh, give some sense of the lunacy of the House of Representatives uh, as it stands now. Pat Brady and Eric Edelstein coming up as well. Dean later. Coach Colleton from your Blackhawks, and Jim Belushi. Well, join us on the phone later to talk about a gig he has coming up that you might want to know about. And the Steve Cochran Show continues on 720 WG. And Now, uh, this is an example of the text I get every day. This is after the Chuck Todd call a moment ago. So the Democrats are the adults in the room? Please. Uh, 847. Uh, it's okay for you to criticize him, but Trump's the bad guy? That's why he uses social media, because no one treats him fairly in the news. You act like it's news, but it's your opinion. You clearly are a Democrat. I'm sorry, uh, sir or madam. I am not. Um, And, uh, you know, there's the the flip side of this as well, and that's this. Please thank Chuck Todd for pointing out the president's a bully, especially on social media. But so is every politician. They all name-call bully and think their voice is the only voice. I pray the younger generation does not look at them as role models of any kind. They're elected officials, and it's time they get kicked out. They should be ashamed of themselves, and they do not set an example for anyone. And it's a shame they are deciding a path for this wonderful country. Please keep pushing back, and how they are nothing but pure bullies. And with that, I say good morning, Pat Brady. morning, Steve. Well, get a microphone on here for you. How are you?
1: Uh, great. How are you?
0: I'm doing just fine. Uh, we'll get into this in greater detail next hour, but uh, any, uh, you know, reflexive thoughts on the mayor's budget address?
1: Right, well, she got a standing ovation from the city council when she finished delivering it, um, but the devil's always in the detail with the budget because it's just a proposal, And part of this relies on help from Springfield. But I think she's getting pretty good reviews on making a a good attempt to balance this $830 million deficit uh, and not raise property taxes.
0: Where's the majority of the money going to come from? Because what I saw yesterday, including a piece I read in the Trib this morning, I think they called it Five Takeaways, is not going to make up anything close to eight hundred and thirty-eight million.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's true. But the the, the she's going to do some uh, debt refinancing. There's going to be um, single ride share tax uh, and the things that and Riley will probably speak about a uh, tax on uh, restaurant food. So it, there are several different sources of new revenue. Um, she did, I think she did it without eliminating um, positions too. But again, the devil's in the details. These well, are I think proposals.
0: I think she's getting rid of the, the she's getting rid of the no-show jobs. Yeah. Like there's jobs on the payroll that have existed for years that uh, that nobody has to show up for, um, or they're just budget lines. Right. Um, that hurt the number, and she's getting rid of those.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of master the obvious, and that's something that should have been done a long time ago. But I do give her credit for trying to reach this budget balance without raising property taxes.
0: Uh, the school strike continues. Uh, you got an over on when it ends?
1: Well, I think would the longest one go 21
0: days? Uh, 19 or 20.
1: Yeah, um, um, I don't, but at a certain point, probably shortly, the, the parents are going to get fed up with the whole thing, and that's probably going to drive both parties back to the table. And in watching it in the last week since we spoke last, the thing that I would love to hear that I haven't heard at all is we hear all these things, that the demands that the teachers make, and I understand why they make those demands, but I haven't heard anything about the teachers are going to do a better job doing what they do. Yeah. It's not like this is a great school system, that the, it's a model for the country. Nope. I'd what's, like to see what's maybe some performance standards and things like that and start talking about that a little more than... What can we get from the taxpayers? Oh,
0: look at it's news time. It is uh, seven oh eight. Steve Cochran show continues. Uh, Cirque de Washington D.C. complete nutsville uh, in D.C. Uh, yesterday in particular. And Congressman Raja chrisman uh joins us now from what district, uh, Congressman?
4: Hey, Steve. Good morning. Uh, the 8th eighth, uh, eighth District, all the uh, suburbs uh, west and northwest of O'Hare International Airport, including the runways, but not the terminal. We can talk about gerrymandering later. <laughs> well, I'm glad they
0: took the terminal away. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I don't even know how you begin to explain uh, the lunacy inside the Beltway that's going on now. But for those of us who are not inside the Beltway, it appears to be uh, an S show. I know I don't know any other way of putting it. I don't think you think I'm that far off.
4: <laughs> um, unfortunately, I was there yesterday morning when um, about thirty House Republicans kind of barged into the room uh, just as their own party members were about to begin questioning witnesses. Um, and it was just an appalling display. It really smacked of desperation. Um, it looked like an attempt to prevent more witnesses from testifying. And um, this, is, uh, this is very, uh, very sad.
0: It, it was, so let me ask you the obvious question, because the talking point and the push that's going out is this. What are you guys trying to hide?
4: Um, you know, actually the process uh, right now, um, is in closed proceedings, but more than 40 Republicans are part of it. And, um, I have to tell you that, they basically get equal time to question the witnesses they get opening statements and they can question the witnesses on any subject that they want um, we're about to go into uh more open proceedings uh and open hearings in you know uh, later on uh you know this month or early next but at this point we're just trying to make sure that in the fact-finding phase, that witnesses aren't able to align their testimony with each other. That's why we're kind of in this closed proceeding. But as I said, numerous Republicans are involved, um, and uh, uh, the process inside is is rather um, sedate and fair. And am I wrong about this? Uh, the the majority of Republicans in the House
0: can have access to transcripts from the entire testimony in a uh, secure location, a skiff, which wasn't so. Secure. Here yesterday
4: that's exactly right yes um they can they can come down and review the transcripts uh uh you know when they become available processed and become available and and that's starting now um and hopefully um you know chairman schiff um hopes to kind of publish these transcripts uh to a broader audience later But, um, you know, I think yesterday was just an attempt to kind of avoid the substance of these proceedings, um, which, as you can tell, um, are not going very well right now for the president. Uh, Bill Taylor, the ambassador for the Ukraine, came in just two days ago, and he's one of the most credible witnesses I've ever seen. He graduated from West Point, served in Vietnam, has been a career public servant for 50 years, and um, he came in, stuck his neck on the line, uh, risking his career to tell the truth. And um, his testimony was, uh, uh, you know, it corroborated actually Mick Mulvaney's statement the other day that military assistance um, was conditioned on. the ukrainians beginning investigations to help president trump politically
0: and again uh dealing strictly in facts uh this 50-year diplomat this decorated diplomat uh was having a fine time in retirement and uh mike pompeo uh, one of the president's closest advisors asked him to come back your friend eric adelstein is here eric say hi to the congressman
3: hey congressman how are you Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm good. Hey, one of the one of the Trump talking points, uh, which I think is weak, but I'd be curious your your take on it since you're sitting there is um, th- all the time that's being taken up with impeachment means that nothing else is getting done in Congress. No work on prescription drugs or health care or small business stuff. C- can you address that?
4: um you know actually interestingly uh that legislation is is proceeding uh at the same time that we're you know having to go through this impeachment inquiry um just the other day uh H.R. 3 uh, was introduced to finally allow the government to negotiate the price of prescription drugs and to you know, get a handle on our health care costs. Um, I myself um, am chairman of the Oversight Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy, and there uh, – we launched the first major investigation of the youth vaping epidemic. And actually, thanks to bipartisan support, including from the Trump administration, uh, we are finally in a position to ban flavored e-cigarettes as well as crack down on illegal uh, marketing. And the Trump administration specifically cited my investigation uh, for their move. So interestingly, bipartisanship is happening in other areas, even at the same time that we're going through this um, you know, constitutional process of uh, the impeachment inquiry
3: so, so the idea that the work of the country is ground to a halt is just again another lie is that right
4: yeah it, you know it's it's It's, you know, the the president, unfortunately, has a casual relationship with the truth. And uh, in this case, he's incorrect. And, um, you know, the other thing is, I I have to say that that the president is really, I mean, his tweets are becoming more and more inflammatory by the day. And I think the other day he called never Trump Republicans, um, and maybe he added Democrats to the mix. He called them human scum.
0: Those Republicans, and and it's an interesting choice considering you may need those votes uh you know in the senate at some point
4: yeah i mean i mean that type of talk you know um is 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 just um uh, it just degrades the, the dialogue here so quickly. And I think it does incite, you know, those Republicans, those 30 House members, mainly from the Freedom Caucus, to kind of um, do uh, whatever they feel is necessary to prevent these proceedings from continuing. And privately, some of these Republicans are telling me they don't know what the heck's going on with those folks, their, their colleagues. So um, it's it's really uh, unfortunate. we got
0: Alderman Brendan Riley coming up on what's going on with the budget here in town but last word to you g
6: um just wanted to bring it back a little bit locally i know the eighth district has the highest percentage of foreign-born residents and one of your top priorities was fixing the immigration system uh just wanted to get a check in with you on how you feel like you've been doing with the promises that you made uh, to your district
4: um thank you for asking that question indeed 30 percent of my uh, residents. So 30% of the 750,000 people in my district are foreign-born, including myself. Uh, I'm an immigrant myself. And um, so I've been trying to do everything I can uh, with regard to, you know, folks um, who are trying to come here uh, legally, uh, but also people who uh, are undocumented who came here. Um, I have to say that... Uh, Uh, What's happened on the border has just been um, uh, really unacceptable uh, with regard to the treatment of um, whether they're children or families. Um, So we're trying to bring some oversight to that through the Oversight Committee, and um, uh, we've made some progress there. But we have a lot of uh, work to do. And then with regard to legal skilled immigrants, we're, you know, basically at this point, you know, uh, you know, putting the, uh, closed sign, uh, closed, closed sign out. Um, you know telling them to go elsewhere and taking their talents elsewhere at this point so this is really unfortunate and um, trying to work on that as well congressman Raja, thank you uh
0: we'll see you later on the news i'm sure including uh congressional ninja warriors where this thing appears to be headed <laughs> uh thank you very much i hope not thanks uh, okay now we talk politics in detail every thursday pat where do you work
1: Next Generation
3: Strategies. Eric Edelstein? We're right now at AL Media, but I'm thinking about going over to Next Generation Strategies. <laughs> I don't like your chances, to no. be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, you
0: know what? Can you put in a good word for you it? You know what? Use me as a reference. Uh, we're going to get Alderman Brendan Riley in here, and G, jump in on this, too, because yesterday the budget news was big news, and Alderman Riley's Aldermanic District looks like you're going to get whacked pretty hard. Good morning to you.
9: Good <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I don't know how you know, else down, to, Downtown's where the money is, so I, I so assume if you're going to get whacked, it's going to disproportionately hit downtown. Yeah, but, you, you know,
0: I, I, I'm comfortable with that. I suppose you are, too, but there's an equability argument to be made, and uh, tourism is a huge part of the economy in this town. Um, what's sure. this going to do to restaurants and bars if uh, this tax pops at a number that seemed to come up yesterday?
9: Well, if I could take it, you know, just to the, the the highest level here, I think that the budget principles the mayor and her team are applying here are responsible and, yep. and reasonable, um, and it spreads the pain out. I think they do deserve some credit for 64% of the budget balancing here occurs uh, by cutting costs and finding efficiencies, which is something the pre- previous two administrations spent very little time doing. And so I give her high marks on that, but when you get into the details, as we are, um, there are a few inputs, uh, revenue sources that disproportionately impact downtown. Uh, and the restaurant tax is, is a concern for me. Um, the city of Chicago currently collects a 0.25%, uh, tax on your restaurant bill, um, specific to restaurants. Uh, the mayor's proposal would double that to 0.5%, effectively, uh, adding a 25 cents to a $100 tab. Um, my concern is this. I need to understand the trade-off here. Uh, it's supposed to generate around $20 million or so for the city, but what it also does is gives the city the distinction of having, having the highest sales tax in the nation. And so uh, I'm not sure that's worth it. To your point, we're competing for tourism and convention dollars with other cities. That's not something you can really brag about, um, having the highest sa- sales tax rate. So I- I'd like to work with the administration and see if there's a- another way to generate the revenue without earning that distinction. Pat.
1: That- Hey, Alderman, as a leadership, uh, you have a leadership role um, in Chicago City Council, and it's not like the old days where mayor gets what mayor wants. How's this going to play out at city council?
9: Um, you know, it's going to be a tough sell. Any difficult budget, you know, $840 million is a big hole to, to fill. Um, there's a little bit of pain in this budget for everybody. And, you know, there are some members of the city council who are going to vote against this budget because it's Mayor Lightfoot's budget. Um, But again, I I think the way they've built this one, it's defensible. Uh, There are some lingering concerns about the state component. Uh, I'm not terribly optimistic. We're going to get a whole lot of help out of Springfield during the fall veto session, and that means the real estate transfer tax revenue that the mayor's counting on, $50 or so, may need to be replaced with a local revenue source or additional cuts. And so, that's kind of one of the variables that's out there. Um, we're also looking for some assistance on the casino bill and a, a more fair tax structure for the city of Chicago. Um, so we're going to be going to Springfield with a list of asks as they're heading into primary season in you know into the 2020 election cycle. Typically, I used to work down there. Springfield doesn't have an appetite to help out the city of Chicago, especially in election years, and so that may require some additional heavy lifting by the city council.
2: Jake.
6: Well, I take a rideshare a a couple times a day. I'm either in an Uber or Lyft, and I've just been shocked by the sheer amount of people that are doing rideshare for extra income or as a full-time gig. Just wondering, can you flesh out a little bit more the details on what the tax is going to look like for those of us who do ride Uber and Lyft, and do you think ultimately it's going to affect people taking it?
9: Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, my word actually really gets hit on that because it's intended to, uh, the, the higher tax is intended to be applied to rideshare trips that originate or end in the Central Business District. And obviously, um, all of my constituents live in the Central Business District and work here, too. And so for them, uh, they're getting taxed as they get into the car and uh, to go to work, and then they're getting taxed on the way home. So, Um, That is going to be an issue for my constituents. Um, The the administration would argue that that this is a a good transportation policy. I I tend to agree. Um, We have an incredible density of rideshare drivers in Chicago, more per capita than New York by a lot. And New York's been struggling with the industry and the traffic impacts. They decided to put uh, caps on the number of rideshare drivers that are allowed to operate mayor Lightfoot's going a slightly different direction. she's using uh, higher taxes on those services to call the herd and hopefully reduce the amount of these cars that are just circling downtown all day long waiting to get a fare so um, that will likely uh, get some criticism from my constituents. I have concerns about it, but I do understand that the policy goal she's trying to uh, trying to solve for
0: So uh, we can all get along uh, on some level and now we just got to make sure the math works. How long is this going to take?
9: Uh, we're going to have uh, hearings for the next three weeks or so. So the mayor gave us a nice overview yesterday, but to your point, the devil is in the detail. Um, we have about a 450-page document we have to pour through. Uh, I'm on, like, page 35, <laughs> so I've got a lot of reading to do this well, week. Whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa hold on, hold on,
0: hold on. You're actually reading it?
9: <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't know if you
0: heard. That's not done in politics anymore, where the politician actually <laughs> reads the document. But you go ahead.
9: You yeah. do what you need to do. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a reader. I take notes in the whole thing. And, wow. And, uh, You'll see. You'll see. Uh, you can tune into the uh, the, the city council uh, budget hearings to the, the city clerk's website. You can watch those hearings live. It's a fascinating time to actually tune into city council because you actually get a real sense of how each of these departments work, what's wrong with them, what are their challenges, how right. can we improve them. Right, right. Um, so, really, I do encourage people to watch this stuff and, and see how it all flashes out.
0: Alderman Riley, if people want to get a hold of you, what do they do?
9: Uh, they can uh, send me an email through my website at ward forty two chicagocom com. Or at uh, alderman at ward42chicago.com is a great email, too.
0: Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Headlines next on 720 WGM. All
9: right, Eric Kandelstein,
0: Pat Brady, are here. That's G. Key as I introduce the band. That's Dave on bass and sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Joe's playing the drums and producing. Uh, Vivian is uh, questioning your life choices and also producing. Um, and uh, there's Steve in the newsroom. And uh, Mary Vandeveld on traffic. Is that everybody? Oh, and hi, I'm I'm Mick Jagger. I'm a great drummer. Yes, you are. Uh, Eric and uh, Pat, jump in on the school strike. Uh, you know, I, I struggle sometimes with how much does this matter to the folks in the suburbs, but what happens to the city matters. And everybody knows somebody in the city who's dealing with this. And there's an economic component, too. So it's a big deal, not just because of Chicago, but because it's a big deal. Um, everybody we've talked to this morning seems to think we're here for a while.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Good. Ahead, I was
1: going to say, for me, it, it is and it has national appeal, and it was good to see Elizabeth Warren come in and make a complete fool of herself, <laughs> saying, "I'm standing with the teachers, not having any idea what this strike is about, and leaving town before taking questions." So it's it, it, when Chicago school teachers strike, it's a national story.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful we're not here for a while. I mean, I think the the inside scoop, the, at least the rumors, I have no idea whether they're true. Is that um, they're hoping that uh they'd be back in school on monday um that this would be they'd get it resolved by the end of this week or weekend it sounds like there's progress um but i don't know it's hard to know if you're not in that room what i would say is i I think the mayor's handled this with a plum i think she's shown strength i think she's shown empathy for these teachers but there's only so much money to go around and i'm hopeful they get this resolved quickly 773, I'm a CPS parent who's volunteered
0: hundreds of hours to my kids' school. My spouse is a CPS teacher, and I teach CPS students in and out of schools and after-school classes. I am totally against the strike. It's clear this is a union political power play. Many of us parents are furious over the havoc that it's creating
3: for city families. Is there another way the union could have done this? Absolutely. Um, You know, you had a mayor that was elected with, what, 70% of the vote in the city. Um, I think
1: she won all but 20. She won all
3: the 20 wars. The people of this city said we want her to be our mayor and lead. I think CTU, who who was for Preckwinkle and opposed her politically. I'm not suggesting that they went on strike because she was their political enemy. But uh, of course, this could have been avoided. You know, I think the mayor did everything she could to, to keep kids in school, keep teachers teaching, keep these. You know, high school athletes from missing their senior year—maybe one of the most formative experiences—never yeah, getting those memories, but never get those back. You're, of course, they could. This could have been avoided. Okay, stop yelling at me! I heard you first. Of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I agree. Hey, that? I agree. I'm seeing not just that the, the, the public sector unions create a lot of problems, not because rank and file want the strike, but that it's a way for the the unions to maintain their power. And I think this is a great example. Or this could have easily been avoided.
0: Um, what about the argument that uh, the firemen and the police can make that, hey, yeah, if we want to strike, um, we still have to go to work?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a public safety exemption. There's some people who think that should be for teachers. Look, I, I believe in the right to strike. I believe in collective bargaining. I, I just think I, I don't believe in the reasons for this strike were really that fundamental to what they're gonna end up with as a result. You know, I, I don't think we're we're in a situation where you have a, a chief executive that's against bargaining rights or opposed to workers or doesn't think the teachers should be paid fairly. None of those things exist. Those exist in some places in this country today. That's not the situation in Chicago. So um I, you know I, I am sympathetic to teachers' right to strike. I just think that the reasons for this strike seemed overblown. Well, I I think they're larger societal questions.
0: I think they're legitimate questions. I do think it's important to have a social worker and a nurse in every school. Frankly, I thought it was law to have a nurse in every school, and I was wrong about that. Um, Having said that, the big questions we're talking about here, affordable housing, things like that, or uh, even a social worker or a nurse in those cases, if you have one in each school and they're sick, I I just don't know how you enforce it, because what
3: they're asking for and what's enforceable seems really difficult. Well, this is a bit of the problem with, with sort of the new left and this kind of agenda where there has to be in a sense these purity tests you know the idea of universal basic income and affordable housing for everyone and you know again it's the world as they would like it to be and i think it's a i think it's an admirable vision but then there's the world as it is and you know that doesn't mean we can't be aspirational and have um, vision and goals for what an ideal society would be but we also have to educate kids and run a city day to day
1: and my point exactly i have not heard in any of this discussion and throughout this entire process about teacher performance and that we're going to educate our children better and we never hear that with the union it's always about what can we get it's never about you know what could we do better for the taxpayers
0: i always feel kids. like i have to do a disclaimer and say my daughter's a teacher because she works with kids with autism all the time i love teachers i always have but having said that i have never in my life understood the concept of tenure There's nothing more important than being qualified to keep your job when it comes to teaching and the idea that you get your job and at a certain point you can keep it as long as you want it regardless. It's kind of
3: crazy. Yeah, that's a much longer discussion. Uh, You know, I I think there are arguments for it. I I do think... Help help me with
1: this. Give give me one of the arguments for it. it, it, I get it as a historical fact, but what's an argument for it? Well,
3: historically there have been, you know... um, principals and school districts that run things in ways that aren't necessarily on the up and up and want to punish certain teachers and want to take you know run things in a way that benefit themselves and but is not life at the kids i'm going to tell you on sure. a couple
0: of occasions i may have had a clash with management yeah um and i have
3: certain levers and ways to go about dealing with those as everybody else does when they have right. a job well look i'm going to defend teachers all day long and i don't blame them for this strike um they, they go into a really difficult profession they I do agree. God's work. Um, and our, class our, size
0: matters, all these things our society, to me
3: matter. Our society needs great teachers. I think we have a lot of great teachers in CPS, and we should be supporting them. But I think sometimes the, the CTU in particular kind of undermines the the greater message on how great some teachers are
1: i I agree completely i just again i'd like to see talking about uh, improved performance along with this and enhanced salaries uh tenure explanation live from uh ray go ahead ray what do you got
2: yeah, hi. The
11: state of Illinois changed the, the framework for how teachers are evaluated a couple of years ago. Now all districts use Danielson framework. The, the is there, is there a short
0: way does, to explain that to me? Sure. Uh, the, the,
11: the only thing tenure does is change how often you're evaluated. It does. It's not like it used to be where once you get it, you're in for life.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know. Just,
11: so instead of being evaluated four times a year, you're evaluated every other year.
0: All right, I appreciate that. Thank you for calling. Yep. Man, I'm glad I'm not evaluated four times a year. Oh, you're evaluated every Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? Uh, we'll come back and talk about the stuff I'd prefer not to discuss and that would be Washington Uh, but you know it's happening and uh, somebody has to look at it and then look away that's Eric Hedleston, that's Pat Brady, that's G. Suki and uh, you know who you are and if you don't call someone All right. so Washington uh, today another day another opportunity for uh, the basement to be uh, lowered another notch or two Um, when does this end? Man, if you tell me election day next year, I'm going to have to come over there and smack you. All
3: right, well, I won't say anything. (laughs) No. Um, You know, I I am a cynical optimist or an optimistic cynic. I don't know. But I, I feel like we're making progress towards people waking up to the fraud that this president is. And I think, you know, Chuck Todd mentioned it when talking about foreign policy that what's up is down, what's down is up. And his shtick of just saying the exact opposite of what the world really is, I think people are onto it. And I think people are getting sick of it. Not everybody. And I think it's 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 a sham. I mean, to call uh, Taylor... A what do they call him? An unelected radical bureaucrat, right? Like w- this is a fifty-year diplomat, a, a decorated career, West Point, a
0: decorated graduate of West Point, and a veteran, and also a guy who is happily retired, right. who was convinced to come out of retirement by Mike Pompeo, right? One of Trump's inside
3: guys. And then I hear this media report: you know, the guy, or a guy or gal anonymous, is writing this book. Right. And people were critical. Oh, they should put their name on it. Well, the president of the United States is allies threatening the lives of people who come forward. And then we're critical of someone who is trying to tell the truth and doesn't want to put their name on it. Well, that's the problem. There's
0: so much to cover that it's impossible to cover it in depth where it's in depth enough for people to understand it. The whistleblower statute. Is not a, um, a, a statute that is designed to have quote due process for those who have been accused by the whistleblower. The whistleblower brings form charges. It's like going to your HR. Mm-hmm. If you go to somebody HR, your boss is a jerk. That's not a criminal uh, uh, conduct situation. That's between HR you and the person who you think offended you. It's the same thing here. And Washington has tried to turn this into it's some big criminal case and. And the president, in this case, is not getting his fair shake. Now, the Democrats have done an exceptionally poor job
3: of explaining why they may or may not be rational. Why is that? Because we're Democrats and, you know, message discipline has never really been the thing. I, I think you're right. It should be explained much, much clearer. I think I think Congressman Christian Morte did a great job this morning of explaining in very simple terms what Taylor's testimony said, that it corroborated Mulvaney, that they withheld military aid in exchange for political action, clearly a crime. And, you know, I think we all got to be better as a party and as a country in explaining this stuff. And the whistleblower stuff is a is a perfect example of that.
1: Pat, I think uh, watching all this testimony, what we're getting of it come down here, it's clear we're going to get a vote on articles of impeachment. I was glad to hear the congressman say today that these, this, these hearings will be public, because I think, granted, I understand and, and most of us understand that there are Republicans in that room. I think it does send a bad sign when this is all in secret, so it needs to be in public. But I think what the big question is going to be, and this goes back in history, this will be the third time that the Senate has had to take this vote, whether or not to impeach a president. And the first time was Andrew Johnson, which was, had a lot of politics in it. With Bill Clinton, the country basically determined that line under oath about sex with your intern, that's not enough to throw out the president of the United States. But in this case, given the, all the evidence, and very solid evidence we've seen in the last two weeks, the Senate's going to have to make the call of whether or not, and they're going to make a determination whether or not the president, acting in his own interest in foreign policy to help himself politically, whether that is something he should be removed from office. And if they, if they say no then that's going to set the standard for presidential behavior going forward. So it's a really historically critical time for the Senate to take this seriously and do the right thing, whatever that may be. There
0: are congressional Republicans that are standing up for the first time or the first time in a long time. An
1: anomaly or a trend? I agree with Eric. I think you're seeing 55% now or so actually support the inquiry, which is way up from a couple weeks ago. They're not there yet on impeachment. They weren't there yet with Nixon. The difference between the two, even Clinton and Trump, is Clinton was in the mid-50s in approval when it was all going down, and Trump's and in, in consistently in, in the low 40s. Plus, if you really – peel back the layers on what he was doing. You, the Ukraine is fighting the Russians to protecting, basically protecting Europe. That out, alliance is so important to the United States. so important that Senator McCain, when he was almost at desk door, went over there to assure the Ukrainians that we were going to be with them no matter what President Trump said. And we saw what happened in Syria in the last couple weeks. So the importance of Ukraine to us as an ally and what the president did with that relationship for his own personal gain, I mean, I think that's going to resonate if it's rolled out uh, correctly.
0: Uh, The Drudge Report, traditionally right-leaning, and Fox News, very right-leaning. Both are starting to question Uh, pretty seriously what trump says and does big deal or not
3: yeah i mean this is a criminal presidency and we have a you know uh, a liar in in the white house who's incapable of telling any truth that is outside of the way the world he wants to see it and to have major news media i don't care if they're right left green blue whatever they got to tell the truth too that's their job And, you know, I applaud them from doing it, but it shouldn't have taken this long. And, frankly, Fox News uh, is one of the reasons Donald Trump's in the White House. So I think they have an extraordinary responsibility to try to do what they can to correct it.
0: You know, it's funny, though. If you go back historically, to be fair, CNN is one of the reasons True. Trump is in the White House because they put him on every single time he called the newsroom.
3: Well, uh, all um, the media, in a sense. Yeah,
0: because it was a good story. And oh, isn't this funny? Yeah. And whatever.
1: Hey, but follow up on that, though. And I think everybody listening and otherwise understands that I've never seen in my lifetime, and I wasn't around necessarily for 1968, people are really fired up and mad i mean people have good friends that d- disagree and d- completely think this is a sham what they're doing to trump and it's really kind of a scary time because i mean thanksgiving holidays don't drink and talk politics because the people are really fired up about i think this.
0: there's a better chance this year that people won't talk politics at thanksgiving because they're tired exhausted they're just tired of it they go, where's the turkey the tryptophan will put me to sleep i don't want to talk politics yeah
1: but the people there's a lot of really bad rhetoric on both sides right now and i think it's it's kind of I think it's dangerous for the democracy.
0: By the way, just reinforce what I said earlier, and that is, you can't put rhetoric in a sentence and have it end well. Uh, if you can do that, it'll win. It'll win your prize. I don't even know what it means,
1: but it's I heard Eric. Say it, it looked once.
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> I Eric, where do you is. work? I forgot. A L Media.
1: What about you, Pat? Next Generation Strategy. I'm interviewing Eric today, but. Um yeah, well, good luck with that. You eh? we, we got tips? Yeah. No, just use me as a reference. We, okay. got, we got a pool and a pond. Pond's good for you. And we have Lincoln
0: Forum news in the coming weeks, so stand by for that. Thank you both. Thank you. All right, we'll uh, come back with the news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next.
6: Ladies and gentlemen. Dean Richards joins us from Channel 9. Citizens of the world. Some of the
0: world's greatest entertainers are here tonight.
6: Ladies
10: and gentlemen, may I present to you. And tonight, guess what? It's
3: going to be Dean.
2: Yeah,
0: say 10 and we go live as far as you know it's always live live to dean richards channel nine before he gets on a plane this morning and heads for los angeles because he's a drifter he goes from town to town he's a bad bad man good morning Dean.
4: (laughs) wow all that i got nothing
0: hi steve (laughs) it's it's uh (laughs) dean Uh, can we check dean's connection all right we're on it
6: i'm in new york (laughs) There's garbage bags everywhere. You
0: know, those those intros don't just write themselves, you know? <laughs> it's not like I just say that off the top of my head. You know, I sweat hours over there. How
6: that. are you, moron?
0: Or I just say that off the top of my head. You know, I'm fine. How are you?
6: Good. <laughs> just, you know, over here doing my moronic things.
0: Uh, that's a G. I'm Steve, and we're standing by for Dean.
6: This is Dean.
0: No, you're not really Dean, <laughs> and your impression of Dean, frankly, needs some words.
6: Sorry, I'm... Uh, uh, Dean, <laughs> Dean. Wow, that's your much Dean. closer. Moron. Welcome to Moron Entertainment. I don't
0: think you've met the two of us, because <laughs> Dean generally is the guy that is more upbeat uh, verbose and yes. dean's a guy that
6: well he's an intellectual of well the dean's morons. a guy
0: that can put a sentence together yes i'm the guy that generally stumbles doesn't know what's going this on this is
6: just generally my man voice i okay. think my man voice is this like
0: trying I, to I don't know deeper. why every uh, d- good morning Dean. i don't know You're why nice. i don't know why every woman when impersonating a man has <laughs> to make him sound like an idiot <laughs>
5: You're killing me being on time, by the way. <laughs> uh, How long have I known you?
0: <laughs> Normally this 8-10 segment would start about eight forty <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so you're leaving for L.A. this morning, and I, uh, uh, what will you be doing there?
5: I'm going to uh, be going to the red carpet premiere of The Irishman. The much-anticipated...
0: I'm looking forward to that, even though it's four hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah,
5: three and a half hours long. Uh, Scorsese directs it. Martin Scorsese, De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, uh, among many other huge stars in it. They'll all be at the premiere at the Chinese Theater, the famous Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard uh, tonight. And I'll be there talking to them on the red carpet. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll sit down one-on-one with uh, De Niro. And uh, we'll have all that for you next week.
0: Um, and uh, the Sunday morning show, I highly encourage you to listen because it's a great radio to begin with. But that's where you play the long-form interviews you don't have time to play on TV.
5: Right. I'll, pr- I'll probably have uh, some of the red carpet interviews uh, on Sunday morning, uh, possibly the Robert De Niro interview. Uh, on Sunday morning. Depends on, you know, we'll see what how kind of mood De Niro's in.
8: Does your name have to end in a vowel to be, you know, in that movie? In the oh, movie. Of course, yeah. oh, you bet. Gotcha. That's
5: right. I'm, uh, right now, I am already dripping spaghetti sauce on my shirt, so I fit in. Any uh, girls in that movie? Uh, Yeah, I would think that they... <laughs> I would think they let a couple in. <laughs> High-haired, tardy types? Let's see. Like a married yeah, to the bob kind By the way, not yeah. T-A-R-D-Y. T-A-R-T-Y. Uh, 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 let's see here. Let me... Let me uh this would be an entertaining uh, segment. Yeah, go I, ahead. And look things up. Why don't I? in the movie. And now Dean looks things up on the internet. <laughs> now listen to us Sorry, typing. I didn't mean, Yeah, listen to us typing. Uh, let me see who. Oh, Anna Paquin is in it. Oh, there you go. Um, she good. What? Well, she good. We like she her. She apparently she's is our, our favorite woman. Of, uh, uh, Catherine Narducci mm. and DeNaval.
8: There
5: you go. Is in it. Uh, Alaska Paladino. Oh, sure. Another one. Stephanie (laughs) Kurzuba. How
0: about Luciana Gucci? Is she in it?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Also, you got a. you you got a Bobby Cannavale. Oh, she's great. You got a Ray Romano. What the
8: heck is Anna Paquin doing in there?
5: You got a uh, (laughs) Sebastian Maniscalco. Mm. That's interesting,
0: Uh, though. uh, It's not his first movie. He's done a couple. No, he's he's done. done, Actually, he's done a couple of uh,
5: dramas.
6: You know him, right, Steve?
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Arlington Heights, probably Sperio. the hottest comic in the country,
6: mm-hmm.
0: selling out arenas the way Steve Martin did in the late seventies.
5: Harvey Keitel, oh, he's a good woman Love actor, him. fine female actor, going to be in it. <laughs> uh, so, supposedly, they're all going to be on the red carpet tonight. Uh, what a lot! Of, what a lot of them do when they come to the red carpet, they walk on the opposite side of where the press is, <laughs> so they can ignore us. And uh,
0: any excuses are waving at the fans.
5: Yeah, they're pretending like they care to sign autographs for the fans. Really, they're trying to avoid us, uh, and that's why you, when you see you know the reporters on the red carpet screaming their names out, uh, trying to get their attention for a minute to get them to uh, you know come over to chat.
0: And, and since this cast in particular is who they are, I would expect a lot of this. Hey, you looking at me? Hey, Dean, look at me. What, You're looking you looking at me? Well, you You're got a
5: question? You got a question for me?
0: Let me hear your big shot question, tough guy. Huh? <laughs> How's my Joe Pesci coming along? Uh all right. So when we come back, Dean will tell us about a lot of stuff. Uh Rose McGowan, once upon a time in Hollywood, Cardi B, and more. All coming up.
13: You'll be calling his name.
11: Oh, 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 oh. Dean
0: all right, back to Dean at Channel Nine. Some helpful texters, Dean, are chiming in on your trip. Yes, says Dean. Uh, I don't know if you know, it's going to be in the nineties there. You're going to be sweating. You should probably just keep your speedo on.
5: I did uh, check the weather forecast, and I will be wearing uh, a half shirt and uh, uh, speedo, like like Daisy, like Daisy Duke shorts. Oh, uh, that's a hot uh, look for you. Super short.
0: That's very good. Uh helpful texture from the 815 says Anna Paquin plays Robert De Niro's daughter in the movie who has a strained relationship with her father.
6: I loved her in True Blood. Yes, I mean, I'm great. just a huge fan of her Me so. too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh helpful texture from the 630 Dean, why is it called The Irishman when it's all Italians? It's a good question. We should open with that.
5: It's going to be my first question <laughs> to Scorsese. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Well, hey. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, you looking Chew. at me? Why are you looking at me? What's the hey, look with at me when I... You, I Chew. Hey,
5: you ask me a question,
0: look at me. Don't look at me. That's what you're going to be dealing with the whole time.
5: The <laughs> <laughs> entire time. I'm glad I'm leaving so I don't have to answer any of the hate Pacino. mail that's going to come today.
0: Pacino's going to come up to you and he's going to do that thing where he talks softly and then he explodes for no reason? <laughs> well, Dean, I'd like to tell you... <laughs> Exactly how I feel, and then De Niro will just mumble. I mean, it should be fun.
5: I've got my uh, ace in the the hole. Uh, if the interview goes south with De Niro, I'm just going to say Donald Trump <laughs> and see how he responds. Yeah, and then just stand back. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, who's Lizzo? Uh, Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo has had the number one song in oh, America. I know. I'm just trying to set the, you up for the pass. Well, Dad, uh, <laughs> Lizzo. I said, who's Lizzo?
6: He's making fun of me over here, Dean, because hey, I literally Dean. just jumped out of my seat when who's he said, who's Lizzo? Lizzo?
5: Do you, lo- do you love her song, Truth Hurts. Oh, mm-hmm. sure do, yeah. It's been number one yep. uh, for seven weeks now. Yep. Totally. And uh, the, 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 the first line of the song is about taking a DNA test. And Lizzo has said that she was inspired to write this song after seeing a tweet by another singer named Mina Linus. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had something. (laughs) Very similar. Uh, But now two other guys have come forward and said that they should get writing credit on the the song as well. What are their names? Bob and Phil. (laughs) Justin and Jeremiah. What? Raisin. I always knew them
0: as Bob and Phil.
5: You're much closer to them than I am. Yeah. Uh, they said that they helped in this. So Lizzo has now filed a lawsuit, asking a judge to uh, declare those two men to not have any ownership of the song, not get any of its profits.
0: And Dave, uh, editors here, Dave, what you don't know is Lizzo, uh, shockingly, no relation to Cub, famous Cub Anthony Rizzo. No, not, not at, at all. all. No. no, or Washington. Nationals General Manager, Mike Rizzo. Yes, neither one of those How guys. How about Wizzo? He
6: is related to Wizzo. Yep. Wizzo the Clown.
5: <laughs> magician. Oh, he's a clown magician. Wizard. He's a wizard. Um,
6: There's one lyric. <laughs> from
5: Arobia. One,
6: one line <laughs> that's very famous, too, <laughs> in addition to the one Dean said. Yes, what line is that? It's, uh, why men great till they gotta be great.
0: Oh. So in other, words, in other words, we step up until you really need us, and yes. then we step back. Yes, and down. then you
6: disappear. Yeah. And at the, at the teacher strike, there was a poster that said, Why um, Lightfoot great until she's going to be great?
5: Yeah. I'm I don't telling think, you. We're,
6: I think all, te- we're
0: all quoting
5: Lizzo. I think teachers uh, ought to use proper grammar on the, and spelling on oh, their... Oh,
6: good point. That's um, a fair point,
0: yeah.
5: Uh, Rose McGowan? Rose McGowan is uh, suing Harvey Weinstein. She filed a federal lawsuit yesterday accusing him of conspiring to defraud, smear, and marginalize. Didn't they do the morning show on B96 for a while? Yeah. Def- defraud, smear, and marginalize? Yeah, and then they said, we can't have three people. Uh, they-, they got rid of marginalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she said that uh, they were trying to intimidate her into not accusing Weinstein of sexual assault. Weinstein's attorneys yesterday say she's a publicity seeker looking for money. She they said, need to
0: be careful. She's very angry and supposedly has saved everything.
5: Yeah, it's all going to go that that lawsuit's going to go to trial in January. Uh, sexual assault lawsuit against Weinstein for two other women. Uh, Will go to court. He remains saying that he is not guilty of any of these charges. Uh, uh, Ten more minutes
0: of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, good. Because it Uh, wasn't long enough. Can we put another scene in of of driving across L.A.?
5: It was was two hours and 40 minutes when it came out last summer. uh, And now Tarantino has decided to put ten more minutes into the movie. It's going to be back in theaters this weekend for fans of him. uh, Probably no bigger fan of him than him, uh, of of this uh, movie. Uh, All of this coming after the last couple of days, there's been like a big brouhaha with Tarantino and uh, censors in China. Uh, They wanted him to edit the movie, in particular the scenes of martial arts legend Bruce Lee, that uh, the daughter of Bruce Lee... Complain was very negatively portraying her dad. The Chinese government agreed, so they wanted that changed. Tarantino said, no way, I'm not changing my movie. So it looks like it's not going to play in China, which you know, you're saying, you know, it's a, a big, big market. Big deal. That is a huge movie market. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money.
0: Uh, Cardi B will be doing Fast and Furious. It'll be shot in her cleavage, and uh, Dean will have all that coming up. 847 texter. Uh, are they really filming Fargo next year in Chicago? I want to be on it as an extra. I hadn't heard that. I haven't heard it either. 630, uh, that's, uh, oh, which phone number for WGN Radio should I use? I'm monitoring Dean's uh, trip to L.A. I want to see if he wears his gold Italian horn necklace.
5: Oh, I still have my silver, t- my <laughs> single tooth <laughs> horn from back in the day.
6: That's a great comment. <laughs> yeah,
5: it's very solid. Uh, listen, have a safe and great trip out there, won't you? I'll talk to you tomorrow morning from Hollywood, you California. You that now,
0: but you'll forget. You get to L.A. and you go big time on the show. You know you do.
5: I may go get some chicken and waffles instead. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, talk to you tomorrow. Safe Bye. trip. That's Dean.
0: He's going to L.A., and we're back with the headlines after this on 720 WGN. Coach Colleton coming up from your Chicago Blackhawks. Flyers and the Blackhawks at what time, Dave? That will be at 7 o'clock tonight, 7.30, face-off with John Wideman and Troy Murray. And last time the uh, Hawks played the Flyers, it was a season opener in Prague, mm-hmm. and I ran into Coach Colleton in front of uh, like a mini-market in mm-hmm. Prague. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm advocating that he and I don't meet in front of a Seven Eleven today. could <laughs> I Not that I'm yes. superstitious. do repeat history. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, so he's coming up. And then uh, Jim Belushi, after uh, 9.30, we'll do that about 9.40 this morning. Oh, and Bill Geiger's going to tell you all about your retirement plans. and tell you if you're on track or not. And will tell you how to get some help. And G's got a lot of questions on that. <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks on your Blackhawks radio station, 720. WGN and the coach, Jeremy Colton, joins us now. Coach, how you doing, man? Good morning,
12: Steve. I'm great, thanks.
0: Good to talk to you as always. Uh, Dave Ennett's here as well. And uh, G is preparing an incredibly detailed hockey question as we speak. Mm, good. <laughs> All right, so can you learn anything from one game in Prague that you can put in play tonight?
12: Yeah, well, we know what, what they're going to bring. They're uh, a hard-working team, play a very simple game. They get pucks in, they forecheck really hard. They're going to put pressure on our defense, so we got to be prepared for that. And uh, it's, it's kind of nice to know what you're getting. We There's no secrets there. And uh, so hopefully that will have our team really focused on what we need to do to have success.
0: I was downstairs um, as the players took the ice in uh, Prague. And the one thing I noticed about the Flyers, Dave, is they're very big, and they're not attractive. Um, so, but they—they they i tell you—they—they skate well. They were all over the ice. I mean, I—you I, know—this may be an underrated team, coach, in the big picture this year in the NHL.
12: Well, they have some good players, no question. And and the thing that they've done those those. Those good players, the top players, have bought into playing a more direct game, a harder game, and one I think they, they feel will transfer to playoff success as well. they got to get to the playoffs, but they they got some nice pieces, and it'll be a good challenge for us.
7: Jeremy, we've gotten to see Kirby Doc the last couple of games now, and, and I noticed that the top three players in the draft, and of course he was number three, uh, are all playing in the NHL four
0: months later are, are guys more nhl ready now or is it just that these three guys were picked at the top of the draft for a reason
12: yeah i think the top guys there's you know every year there's there seems to be one or two or three you know who are ready um they the players the end players now they they're they're acting like pros when they're teenagers so they're I think it's a little easier for them to to make the transition. It's still an adjustment and you're still trying to compete against men. but um, I know just you know watching Kirby, like he does a lot of little things right that are gonna allow him to have you know a cleaner transition to pro and so far he's shown very well. Uh,
0: your mic's off uh, there it is. <laughs> How about the way he conducts himself off the ice? I mean, do you see? Do you see kind of a a maturity that maybe an average eighteen-year-old wouldn't have?
12: Yeah, he's definitely very conscientious about his game and, and he wants to get better he's 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 got that uh, you know he's, he wants to learn which is uh, that's a huge positive he is still a, he's still a boy though like he's he, he's he's a big kid but uh, he's going to be a lot heavier in you know three four years and uh, I think it's it's fun that he brings a little bit of innocence to to the rink and I think the guys enjoy having them around and uh, it's been a good. Young players, they bring energy to your team that's a hunger. It, it can help uh, give energy to your older guys.
0: You know, you had a little giggle there, Coach. Is that a story you can tell or you can't tell?
12: Uh, it's not just, it's just, how, it's just. Uh, a feeling you know it's not just <laughs> yeah. one story you
0: know so here's the thing he scores the other night and it's a little awkward off the shaft of the stick but who cares it's his first nhl goal he had a pretty solid fist pump pretty pretty solid post goal scoring he move excited yeah and uh, after the game even though the game didn't end the way we wanted it then you guys wanted it then do you do anything for him i mean do you uh do you guys give him anything in the uh you know the dressing
12: room? well i think he got the puck that's pretty standard. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the players did for him, <laughs> but you know it's always it's nice for him to to get that off his back. You know, the more games you play without scoring, starts to especially as an offensive player, you start to think about it. So, but to his credit, like you know he he carried it in himself. He recovered the puck uh, and then he went to the net, and that's you put yourself in a position for good things to happen to you.
0: As uh, he grows into his body uh, at six feet four, uh, what type of player do you think he'll be down the road? More Marian Hossa, both ends of the ice, or you know, more of the—I hesitate to use Gretzky as an example, but more of an offensive player.
12: I think he can be a two-way guy who can play in all situations uh, and and produce. So that's—I mean—that's as good as it gets.
0: How are we doing on the goalie front? Are we going to platoon? And you know, again, call me anytime if you need help on these decisions.
12: Yeah, well. At, at the risk of, of uh, boring you, we got two really good goalies. They're both going to play. They're both going to be giving us great performances every night, which is good for the team.
0: You want me to scratch out a schedule get it back to you?
12: You could, yeah.
0: <laughs>
7: How much of a setback is this uh, Connor Murphy
12: injury? Yeah, it's a blow, no question. He's been very good for us. Uh, I think since we put him and Dunk together, they, they've been uh, really solid playing against top players and uh, so it's 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 going to test us but that's you know every team goes through these things where you, you lose a important player and then it's an opportunity for other guys to to take a bigger role and you know often they there's always players on your team who wish they were playing more or who, who could give more to the team well here's your chance and that's uh that's healthy and that'll help us build our depth in the future
6: so coach as far as uh, professional hockey coaches go you're on the younger side um how do you feel how old do you feel on the inside and then uh where do you go when you need uh to find extra wisdom in order to inspire your players Are oh, you asking if it feels like a hockey well, yoda yes yeah one. like i mean if you you know
0: uh, she's bringing the big questions
12: coach. <laughs> yeah that is no question that's, that's a big one no um I don't really. Th- I don't think about being young. I'm just, you know, we, you come to work every day. We have a great staff. We work together, and we're trying to help. We're trying to help the team play better. So that's it's really all I focus on. Um, Do you feel like 80 as,
6: years old on the inside, though? Uh,
12: no, but you feel older when when you don't win. That's for <laughs> sure. You Feel young and and. Uh, you know, lots of energy when you when you do win. But um, as far as like looking for inspiration, and you know, I like you know, I like reading. I like listening to you know, you know, coaches, players, retired you know guys who've had success. Um, it's interesting. I, I want You're looking for new no ideas, new angles that you can present to the team because uh, you're always looking for ways to keep the players interested as you deliver your message. Often, you're delivering some version of the same message, but if you can uh, spice it up with some some different ideas, it, it helps.
0: Um, yeah, it hasn't been a long since you've been a player at the highest
12: level. Are you 34? Is that right? Yeah, that's that's 30. what they tell me.
0: Yeah. So 34, uh, who, when you were a kid and you were out there and you are playing on the ice and you were pretending to be somebody, who was the guy?
12: Yeah, I always liked Joe Sackick, uh Steve Eisenman. I was a centerman. I, I just loved, you know, the very... Good two-way players, but you know tremendous offensive uh, contributions to the team. They played for the team, um, you know, leadership, all those things, and ultimately they they had a lot of team success. So those are two guys I really enjoyed watching well, one, and looked
2: up to.
0: I know you've seen a lot of this, rise, But once since the Blackhawks came back and and Rocky and John and Jay and 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 Stan and everybody got this team on the right side, won three cups and all that. It's amazing the number of little kids who are into hockey now and how hockey has exploded in this town. and We love our Hawks, man. You know that. So let's keep it going. Let's get one tonight.
12: You bet. Thanks a lot. All
0: right, that's Coach Jeremy Colleton. Dave, I, yeah, you might need to pick up some of the slack in this hour and 13 left in the show. You two, Jack, yeah, got to get a schedule to Colleton and the goalies. <laughs> yes. I yeah. don't think
6: he wants your help. <clears throat> oh, I thought
0: I heard. Oh, I, yeah, I heard a lot of enthusiasm.
6: Yes, no. I think when you no.
0: offered... Yeah he, uh-uh. uh-uh. yeah, he doesn't want to ask, Steve. He doesn't want to ask you, because he doesn't want to put you in any trouble. But I think since you offered, sure. Steve, he's... Steve, Steve, Don't do it?
6: Dave is lying to you. Here's the thing. When I when I said, <laughs> Coach, okay. can
0: I scratch out a schedule and get it back to you? The way he said, oh, yeah, sure, do that, I think really said it was very welcoming. Yeah.
10: Mm-hmm.
6: yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm.
10: so, too. See, he doesn't want the other teams to know about...
0: His ace in the hole, ah, Cochrane. Yeah, and that's why when you asked that hockey mentor question, he didn't say I was his hockey yoda.
6: What is going on with the guys on this show? We all got to Dave back each and other up, Joe. We what all
0: mean? got to back each other up. We know you won't help. You done any shopping yet for Christmas? You know Christmas is getting close. What are we? Ten weeks away? Heck no. No. Are you
6: a late shopper? Mm-hmm.
0: Like how late? Like January?
6: Mm. Like not that late.
0: I think I found a book for you. Do you like reading? I do. It's called, I Could Pee on This, another poems written by cats. <laughs> yeah,
6: Cats are overall such jerks, but once you earn their love and trust, I mean, it's really for people that enjoy punishing themselves to love a cat, but then once you're in, you feel the love is like unlike any other.
0: I see, I see cat as more of a bad boyfriend, bad girlfriend relationship where... You almost stay in it for the abuse, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know, when I when I order something on Amazon, I don't know about you guys. Uh, sometimes I'll just poke around and find weird stuff because mm-hmm. uh, everything's on Amazon. How about a T-Rex wine bottle holder?
6: Oh, I would love that. We're yeah,
0: gonna get that for you. A waffle blanket. It's a blanket, not waffle in pattern. It's an actual shaped like a waffle blanket with a waffle texture and a whole deal.
6: Aren't all eat- blankets square anyway?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, but I mean, you, it's got the square ripples and, you know... Oh, like
6: of, you mean the little divots in the waffle. Yeah, it's flaky. Oh. That holds the uh, syrup. Yeah,
0: you could pour syrup on the blanket and then regret it, but it would look like a waffle. Well, I got it's super good,
6: excited. I thought you were saying that was actually an edible waffle. An, an edible
0: no, blanket? No. How many breakfasts would that be? <laughs> uh, a Chia Pet Bob Ross, you know, paint with Bob? Oh. No? Not your You know thing? what?
6: He, his uh, shows are on Netflix, and if you really want to chill out and be zen, sure, just watch that. I've been doing that a little bit here and there.
0: Mary, I know how you like to waste money. How about a shower head what? with a wireless speaker?
6: <sighs> yeah, is there
8: one for the bathtub? Rather of that.
0: Oh, so like a, what would that be, like a faucet yeah. for the wireless speaker? Yeah, that would be better. I like my baths better. How about a microwave s'mores maker? I'd take one of those. Isn't it just called a microwave? <laughs> <laughs> Why does yeah. it have to be a s'mores maker?
7: Maybe there's like uh, sticks in there, specific like, um, you know, like a
0: chicken on the rotisserie Yeah, thing. To it's, to it's, it it's what yeah. you put in the microwave. Right. You stack the ingredients under two plastic arms, fill up the water compartment in the back, and indoor s'mores happen in 30 seconds. I like it. It's easier to light
6: a fire. I've been looking for a smokeless indoor grill. Because I don't have a balcony.
0: Oh, you just want to crank it out in the house?
6: Yes, but without setting off the fire alarms or the sprinklers. What about the George Foreman? Mm, I don't think that really is a grill. It's more of a... They call it the George Foreman grill. I know. Like a hot plate uh, panini uh, press. You
0: can't be the first person that's requested this. There's got to be something. I'm just saying,
6: be on the lookout as you're moseying about on the interwebs. Do your windows open at your place? Well, sometimes. You just need a chimney. Then you can build... I know a guy who has right. a grill in his house that has a chimney that yeah. you know, shoots out the roof of his house. Yeah. It's I really know, cool. I'm a renter, so... Yeah, I
0: know. It's not going to work. <laughs> How about a bicycle pizza cutter to make cutting your pizza more fun? <gasps> Perfect.
8: I, I have one of those. Do you? Yeah, somebody gave it to me as a gift.
0: Yeah. Wait, so what you, do you... Do you get on top of
7: a seat or something and ride no, it over you, the pizza? You hold
6: what? it... The palm.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Only if you get the extra large pizza. <laughs> you know what?
6: Grisanich and I were on the same page. That's what I was thinking. Uh, like, do you have to this? power this... No, you hold the seat is like where you put the palm of your hand, Ooh. and then it's got two wheels, and it's got two cutters. Oh, it's just in the shape of a bicycle. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's entertaining. Yeah. That's I will cool. continue
0: to find weird things on Amazon for you, and by I will, I mean, Vivian and Joe will continue to find weird things on Amazon <laughs> that I'll take credit for. Uh, it's uh, 9.55. We'll come back, get your news, top of the hour, and then uh, Mr. Geiger, Walter Jacobson, and Jim Belushi, all next hour at 720 WJM. a love theme from geiger wealth management money bill geiger gets up every morning <clears throat> all he wants to do is help you make money and keep money right that's it Keeping I'm, the
13: money part is especially important
0: yeah and right now people have a little bit of panic going on they do all right so what do you need to tell us to have us panic less and be more i don't know realistic but also with a sense of urgency uh,
13: I'll tell you a story. Two days ago, I had a gentleman come into my office, and he says, Bill, he says, and he had a decent-sized portfolio. He says, I don't know what to do right now. He says, if I stay in the market, he says, I'm deathly afraid I'm going to give back a lot of my gains. I'm going to lose a lot of money. He says, but if I get out of the market and it keeps going up, he goes, that hurts, too. And, Steve, the way we helped him is we manage money for our clients the same way uh, a university would manage their endowment. Okay, you, you talk to the guy that manages Yale's endowment fund, wrote a book, and what he said in the book, he says we are not interested in trying to beat the S and P every year. He says what we care about is we can take out four or five or six percent a year for scholarships and grants and everything, and that our endowment's going to be around a hundred years from now. Right. He says that's what's important to him, and if you think about it. When you're retired, that's kind of what you want to do too. You want to take out four or five or six percent a year. You want to make sure that your money's around to leave to your kids. You don't run out of money. Sure. And so what we do is we keep people fully invested, but we have hedging strategies. It's kind of like putting an airbag uh, on your portfolio. So give me an
0: example if there is an easy one to explain of how that might work.
13: Well, let's let's look at the airbag. You don't even know the airbag's there. You're driving down the road, you get in an accident, Boom! it comes out and it keeps you from hurting yourself. We do the same thing with our portfolios. We set it up so maybe the maximum you can lose is 15%, maybe 20%, and then you don't have any more losses it protects you it As keeps you from to getting just hurt.
0: a free fall
13: yeah and and most people can can they can live through a 10 15 20% drop but not a 50% drop so what that allows them to do and this gentleman we're doing the same thing for he can stay fully invested the market keeps going up he keeps doing well sure but if the market hits the skids, gets in an accident, he's protected from a big loss.
0: Now, you fully believe, or at least you did last time you were in, there's a correction coming.
13: or well, there is. Because the, what the, goes up must 64, come down. The $64,000 question is when, right? Right. And, and, and when you get up in the morning,
0: you're also concerned about your own family and the money you make. Yeah. So if your job is to make sure that my money's okay, I trust you by doing it because you've got to make sure that your money's okay. This is your job.
13: Yeah. And, and, and the first part of our job is to protect our clients. That's the first part. After that is to make the money, provide income for them, all the neat stuff that you do for retirement planning, but the first priority is to keep what you have. You've worked 40 years to save this money. You've got more money you've ever had in your life. This is not the time, getting up to retirement, that you want to lose 30, 40, 50% of it.
0: Well, I've known you for a while, and, and I feel like I've learned a lot from you, but one of the things that I think I've learned is that um, we can be self-sabotaging when it comes to this stuff. We try to outthink the market, or we try to outthink the Bill Geiger, uh, or outthink people that uh, do this every day. I was like, he was like the pilot of the airplane. I can't fly the plane. I'd rather have you fly it. So that's why I return to you. But there are reasonable and unreasonable expectations of what you can do. Like when people come in and go... How much do I need right now? But they can't tell you what they want to do with their life and how expensive it's going to be going down the road. So you do have to work in some general you know, generalities and just try to keep between the white lines.
13: Yeah, and, and w- we help people through this process. It, it, it's, if, if you ask a couple, what, what is your lifestyle cost right now? What goes out of the door on a monthly basis? Yeah. A lot of people have no idea. Most people have no idea. Okay, and we help them through things like that so we can understand what they're going to need. Then we make sure that we set up their portfolio so they have the income that they're going to need. And we make sure that they don't have any big losses along the way. Our goal is is for our clients to be able to sleep at night once they retire. To keep their lifestyle and leave something for the kids.
0: If you're 60 or 65 years old and you've done okay and your house is paid off and you know your net worth, yes, sir. Uh, is there a target percentage when you look at your net worth that you ought to be able to live on? Where uh, that's pretty lifestyle specific, too. I suppose. That's
13: pretty lifestyle specific, too. As you were saying, as you were describing that, 60 years old, you've saved. You, the first thing that was going through my mind. <laughs> is that's about the time you need to come in and sit down with us. Mm -hmm. You know, late 50s, early 60s. Because if you think about it, most people just keep investing the same way they did since they were in their 30s. They're trying to hit the ball out of the park, trying to hit the ball out of the park. Sure. And and this is a different stage of your life. You, You don't have 30 years to make up a big loss anymore. So this is this is the time in your life you you want to look at your portfolio make sure that it's structured right for retirement and it's and it's that's why we specialize in that
0: now i know there's a lot of women who are competitive in this regard as well but i think i'm not speaking out of school when i say it's more a male thing where guys would like to be a little risky not risky but they want to have a little money to play with in the market they want to shoot for something that's going to pop that's okay if you understand that money is going to be in a higher risk position, right?
13: Yeah, it, and there's nothing wrong with taking a part of your portfolio and, and setting up a play account, and you know, <laughs> do whatever you want in that play account. But the bigger part of your account, the serious money, you want to you want to you, tra- you want to treat it seriously because that's what's going to last you for the next thirty years. That's it. Uh, knowing, unless, you, unless you win the lottery,
0: knowing a correction is coming um, is real estate. something people ought to be looking at now.
13: <laughs> not so I'm not much. so sure in this area. Uh, the gentleman that's on from Cranes every once in a while yeah. in the afternoons. Yeah, um, I listened to him last week. He sounded downright depressed
0: about the Greater Chicago and Illinois area. Yeah, but yeah. around the country, like you know, maybe around the country, that's different yeah. different argument. It might be a different argument. So yeah. you maybe buy something in Florida. Then maybe that's a good investment. That for could you.
13: be. Yeah, yeah that could be.
0: So, but that's another question you can work out because really it all comes down to math, doesn't it?
13: It does. So. It comes on the math and what you want and how to structure things the right way. Uh, Viv, you
0: something to do, do you have something you want to throw in here before we move forward? You
6: just call me Viv.
0: I, I was talking to Viv.
6: Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, G? Do you have
0: something you want to throw in since Viv's only 26?
6: Well, I mean, I guess that would be interesting to kind of have an idea of what somebody that's 26 should do, what somebody in their 30s and, and if, early 40s should be doing. If
13: you're 26, early 30s, early 40s, Your number one focus should be just save every penny that you can. That's your goal. It's
0: hard to do at that age.
13: I I know. But the more you can save, the younger you are, the more powerful it is later on. But you're
6: saying that there's gonna be the market's gonna correct itself. I mean, we we have four oh one K accounts too. Should we If you're twenty six, don't even worry about that. What if you're thirty six and what if you're forty six?
13: It, it, until you get into your mid to late 50s. Okay. Just don't worry about it. Just keep saving and saving and saving and saving.
6: And you don't suggest that we keep putting it into our 401k? Yeah. Okay. Max out. Okay.
13: Good question, Viv. Thanks.
6: <laughs> Calamera.
0: Maybe I need to get a little more sleep. Um, all right, so I talk about this all the time, this uh, full uh, financial workup that you do at Jagger yes. Wealth Management. You've got uh, tools and, and, and tricks and tips up your sleeve that we don't have access to. So if I come in with my portfolio, if it's $500,000 or more, um, and I'm one of the first five to call now and ask for this at 800-681-2498, you're not going to charge me anything.
13: No. But what am I going to walk out with? It's, it's absolutely complimentary, but what you're going to walk out with is a full-blown retirement plan for yourself and your spouse that you know exactly what you need to do. You have all your ducks in a row. You understand how you're going to retire and you have a plan. And having a plan allows you to sleep. It allows you to stop worrying about this. And if you've got some blind spots in your portfolio, we can help you find them and, and help you correct them. There. And, and maybe that's one of the most important parts about this is to really know what you don't know, maybe, right now. Make yeah, sure it's you're not, not just missing about, anything.
0: It's not just about knowing what you have. It's knowing what you don't have, too. And uh, what you do when you go through somebody's portfolio is you do a deep dive.
13: We do. We analyze where they're at right now so they can understand how much risk they have, what their growth and income potential is, and then we help them make sure that their portfolio is structured the way it should be for someone going into retirement, it shouldn't look like a 30 year old's. You're just trying to help, right? How, you're just much, trying to help.
6: how much money do you need? Like, what's the estimate amount of money people need to live off of after they retire? It,
13: de- it depends upon how much you're spending. Okay. If you spend a lot, like the average. you need a lot. Like,
0: gee, you'll need a lot.
6: <laughs> the average, though. Like, I mean, is it. There's
13: there's no such thing
0: as okay. average. Okay.
6: No. All right. Gotcha.
0: I thought the same thing. It's a fair question, because I always thought, people in general think the same thing. There's some magic number. But you think about your friends, Mm -hmm. the way one friend lives their life is not the way another lives their life, and they might be making the same amount of money. And you had 20 years on that, and they're really in different places.
13: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have couples come in that that, um, salt-of-the-earth couples, and and they've saved, and they're used to not spending a lot. And they don't need as much, and ironically, because of their lifestyle, they they have a lot, yeah. right? I
6: guess right. should you be saving, assuming that you're going to live to be ninety or like a hundred, or should you just be? Evaluating? Dave and I
0: should be saving that we're going to live till next Tuesday. <laughs> uh, you should be saving till you live to be a hundred. I don't think that's that outlandish at all. I think your next generation, and certainly, I mean, you go to like Abigail, like Bill, your
13: granddaughter, and my grandkid, my grandkid, yeah four years old they yeah. live to be 110 I, I sat down I mentioned this before we went in the air I met with a, a, a client yesterday her mother just passed at 101 years old yeah. and she was living by herself and on her own
6: I just it's assume amazing. that yeah. my generation and younger will, will be working until we're like 85 well, well, it's not
13: out of the question well save as much as you can set yourself up so you have plenty of income okay. and work on it now Last word,
0: last word to you, Mr. Hennett. No, I
7: was just going to say, my, my dad retires when he was 65. He, he's about to turn 96. Th- are. Thankfully, he planned for it. Yeah. You know?
13: Yeah, you gotta, you got to figure. We always plan for clients living into their 90s just to be on the safe side. Their money better last them into their 90s. And, and ideally, there's money left to leave to the kids. But at the same time, they can live a comfortable life.
0: If you've done a decent job, you're not going to outlive your money.
13: No. Yeah. Well, if you've done a decent job... And you 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 don't have big losses. Yeah, true. That's what that's what kills people. Sure. You have a big loss. You get in close to retirement. It will change Steve sure. the rest of your life.
0: My grandmother lived to be one hundred and one, and she actually wasn't killed by that. She was killed in a surfing accident. She fell off her board, oh, yeah. and a shark got her.
6: He's lying.
0: She really did. She lived that to be one hundred and one. True story. True story. <laughs> Bill, great to see you. Great to see you, sir. Thank you for coming in. Well, it's been too long since Mr. Belushi's been on the show. We welcome Chicago's own Jim Belushi in just seconds here. Uh, we are working on getting him on the phone right now. In the meantime, I'm uh, you know trying to decide on a Halloween costume for me. And right now, I'm leaning towards the Notorious RBG.
6: Ruth Bader Ginsburg?
0: Yeah, I think it'd be a good look for me. I just don't know if they make it in a big and tall.
6: I just can't wait to see you in that little doily collar.
0: But the good
7: thing is the Supreme Court gown is it's more of a flowy kind of thing. So, <laughs> What are you uh, trying to say, Grisnanej? I'm, I'm just saying that <laughs> no, I, think,
0: <laughs> I, think it'll be, I think it will be flattering. I think it would be well, flattering. Well, no, I mean, since I've lost weight, I want to show off my moneymaker. You know what well, I'm saying?
6: Then, yeah, how uh, are you so you want put the
0: your... sexy Supreme Court right. gown, then. Uh, right, I got Sexy it. RBG. Yeah.
8: you got a problem, though. How are you going to do your hair in a bun?
0: Uh, well, that's, I guess we're going full wig there. Oh, yeah.
8: Yeah. I with the
6: glasses? I don't think I
0: have any option. <laughs> yeah, with the glasses. Uh, the Notorious RBG. Uh, I, I really don't have a backup plan for that. That's the one.
6: I love uh, that you feel inspired. we got to find a little pair of pearl earrings as well. I think me, as
0: Ruth Bader Ginsburg, would steal any Halloween party there is.
6: Or you could do uh, RBG work. Uh, RBJ working out.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, muscled up? Yeah, yeah. You know, she
6: does that workout.
0: That's me, too. Cause I, but, you know, honestly, how she? she's like 90, right? 91, mm. 92? I'm pretty sure I can out-bench press her. I mean, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure.
6: I don't know, she's pretty tough.
0: 941, as I mentioned a, a minute ago, it's been far too long since we've had Mr. Belushi on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Belushi, welcome home as always. Let's go there now. Hey, buddy, how are you? Hello. Hey, man, how are you? Uh, I'm, oper- I'm operating the phone, so when I push the buttons, everything's a gamble.
2: Oh, jeez. <laughs> so how you been? How you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How you been? Uh, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Traveling around uh, the state, Chicago. I'm going all over the place, having fun.
0: Um, yeah, well, we're glad you're coming into town. Now, this I'm not so sure this uh, live improv show is a good idea. You're trying to get yourself killed on stage? What are you doing?
2: Ah, uh, <laughs> we have so much fun. I mean, we really have a great, a great time together. Got uh, Larry Joe Campbell coming in on Saturday night to play with us, uh, and you know, we just capture a little magic, man. I mean, the whole thing about improvisation. When I first saw Second City, was wow, there is magic that happens in this room. I want to be part of it. Uh, you know, so it's been great to just be part of that magic all these years.
0: Anybody that's ever been on, st- well, I'll, I'll boil it down even farther. Anybody that's ever told a joke in their office with a couple of people standing around, and you forget the punchline, you get that little trickle of sweat running down your back. Um, you get a sense of what it's like, but there is a rush to it. It's like jumping out of an airplane when you're doing improv, and somebody's just throwing stuff at you. That's how you find out how funny you are real fast.
2: Oh, and you can find out how not funny you are too. That's That's the uh, dangerous line that you walk, but that's the edge, and that's kind of the fun. And the the adrenaline comes up, and you say things that you never knew you would say, (laughs) and sometimes it's funny.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most when you're back in town?
2: Uh, Well, I'm looking uh, forward to the improv. We had such a great time there in Schaumburg last time. We sold out, and uh, the audiences were just so warm and accepting that uh, it's it's like putting on a warm blanket, you know, coming (laughs) home and uh, improvising and laughing together so hard. It's it's a good show. We've we've had like 11 standing ovations in a row in this group, so... Yeah, it's it's been a ball.
0: That's pretty impressive. By the way, it's Friday and Saturday night at the Improv at Schaumburg at uh, at Woodfield, which is a great room. You know, for those of you who love comedy. Uh, you got to get out and see it. Uh, Gee.
6: It's so funny because yesterday a picture of you popped up in my Instagram feed, and one of my friends was trying to take an incognito photo of you with you not noticing. So it was kind of like one of these, like, it was a selfie, but you were in the background. Well, here's
0: the thing. (laughs) Jim Belushi is one. Let me just speak for you, Jim, for a second. Jim Belushi is one of the most approachable good guys in show business. You can go up to Jim and say hi anytime.
2: Uh, almost any time. No, I mean any
0: time in a dressing room at the mall uh, with a fa- face full of pasta. Whatever.
2: Yeah, well, that's the mall is all right. Yeah, uh, it's the bathrooms that get a little. Light. That's uh, funny. Oh, hi. How are you? Yeah, uh, just let me finish, and I'd be glad to do a selfie. No, no, don't want to do a selfie right this minute. Hold on, let me wash right. my hands.
0: Right, and, and let's avoid the handshake or the high five. How about that altogether?
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. At least until we are done washing.
0: All right, we know what a Chicago sports fan you are. Uh, what are we doing with these Bears?
2: I don't know, but I'm going to the game.
0: So, but at three and at three and three, are you optimistic? You pessimistic? You somewhere in the middle?
2: Um, uh, well, you know, I'm such a Bears fan. I'm scared to death every time I watch the game. You know, <laughs> it's very. It's very hard for me. Uh, I, I I always keep my optimism because you have to give that energy and belief. But I'm scared to death.
0: Understandable. And you heard the Cubs have a new manager. Yes. Like it? Don't like it? Don't know.
2: Uh, you know, it's not my business. Uh, I love <laughs> Joe. You know what? That's uh, I, a good end I, I of can't that. Can't make though. those kind of choices. I love Joe. He brought us the world championship, and sure. I'll always be uh, a deep fan of his and appreciative, and I've met him quite a few times. He's a gentleman, and it's a good great, guy. great conversations, so I wish him the best. But it you know, broke my heart a little bit.
0: And this week, um, um, or I should say this week, uh, tonight, the Blackhawks are back here with the Flyers. We, we do we're the Blackhawks station, which I think you know, and uh, I love the Hawks. And it's early in the season, and. They haven't won everything. Uh, It's a little bit of a slow start, but they're starting to gel. I feel really good about this Blackhawks team, Jim.
2: I do, too. I do, too. I have been watching, and uh, I've been enjoying – I've been really enjoying the games. Uh, I'm very excited. I mean, uh, the Blackhawks excite me the most right now, honestly, God. I mean – Oh, I just love watching them fly on that ice, man.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I
2: love seeing that symbol go right through. Oh man, I just, I just love the Hawks.
0: I'd love to have Tommy Hawk right in the middle of this show Saturday night. <laughs> just pop out. So, uh, Jim Belushi is live at uh, the Improv, uh, Chicago Improv in Schaumburg at Woodfield again. That's Friday night, seven thirty. Um and Saturday you're in Warren, Michigan. I felt like there were two shows. Am I missing a show on this list?
2: Yeah, yeah, no. Uh I'm in uh, Michigan tonight, and then I come uh, Friday and Saturday for the improv uh in uh show.
0: Yeah, okay. So I got a bad list here. Yeah. T- so the shows are Friday and Saturday night. Chicago Improv's website or Stubhub or Jim Belushi and the Board of Comedy uh, dot com. Great talking to you, man. Come see us when you're in town.
2: Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Looking forward to this weekend and a Bears win.
0: Bears win. Bears win. Hawks win. Hawks win. I actually had an echo there, didn't I? You did. That's Jim Belushi. Uh, Bill and Wendy are here at uh, 950, and you guys can help me pick out a Halloween costume. I'm leaning towards Jim Belushi or the Notorious RBG. <laughs> oh, both are good. Yeah. Both are good. <laughs> two costume changes. Two more than
12: one. Some of these
0: are super expensive. I can get an Iron Man uh, costume, but it's 830 bucks why wouldn't you do it yeah. it's under a thousand that's your budget right Gene simmons 325 these are the most expensive oh, uh,
6: i got so confused there for a second i thought they meant richard simmons i was like why is a richard simmons costume cost that much <laughs> you get
0: a richard simmons costume now but he'll give you ten dollars to wear it <laughs> that's mean uh, i hope richard is okay i haven't talked to him in a long time um i'm looking at some of these other do you are you guys going to any parties or anything Halloween parties. Why is your mic not on? Okay, there it is. It's a sign. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, are you? Uh, do you need a costume? You go on any party? I was Ozzy
8: Osbourne last year. Um, awesome! Just because I had. Did stuff. you see
0: it? G? It was perfect.
6: No, I find gonna... a picture for you. Yes. It was good. It was really good. Oh and my She gosh. walked around all day going Sharon. But was Bill Sharon? I was not. Oh,
0: but you could be in the right light. Well, that's nice of you. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I can get you a Stormtrooper costume. You like I this. I already have one. Do you? <laughs> no. Well, your house, I'm surprised <laughs> you don't. Uh, for those of you just somehow unaware, uh, Wendy's husband runs, I believe, the biggest Star Wars podcast in the world, it's right? It's
8: pretty big. Yeah? Wow. In the galaxy. Yeah.
0: And Rebel can, Force Radio. And get it wherever in the universe you pick up your podcast. Yes. And my
7: wife runs a Hazel
0: podcast.
8: Yeah. <laughs> Called oh, Mr.
0: Like from B. from yeah. Where's Hazel?
7: From the TV show Hazel.
0: Yeah, wasn't it Where's Hazel? or was No, just Hazel. Hazel. It's
7: just Hazel. She, she only has fan? three subscribers, but they're they're very loyal.
8: And the fans are called Hazelnuts. Hazelnuts. A Roomba at home is called Hazel. Oh, is that true? Yes, my husband's named it Hazel. you got to do a segment on that on my wife's podcast.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I should. Wow. That's true. That'd be great. Bill is talented. <laughs> <He> <laughs> no, I is. have
0: nothing to do with it. By the way, before we go any further, I love when we get uh, texts that weren't intended for us. (laughs) Like, what What'd you get? Listen. Hi, Carolyn. Not a lot of new stuff for today's meeting, unless you have something. I figure we could finalize a couple of programs, maybe start December sign-up, discuss giving scholarships, membership. Have you thought about rules and what our plan might be? I can run the meeting, since there's nothing really new, and I waited too long to contact you. I feel badly for Carolyn, because she didn't get that text. (laughs) You know, during the WinTrust Business Hour, when Wendy and I are doing
7: the bonus hour, we share the same text line. So some of the texts will be very business-related and about the stock market, and then some of them are about Pop-Tarts and Huckleberry Hound, and we always know who's or who's. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: There's <laughs> never any confusion. Nope, we know. Uh, Batgirl, $400? I can't. I don't oh. think I'm a good. If Batgirl were a crossdresser, I could pull that off. Maybe. Yeah. Consider
7: it. Don't, don't 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 cross it out
0: yet. But really, at this point, I'm still leaning towards Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
6: <laughs> Although I keep looking at the platform boots that Gene Simmons' costume has, and that looks pretty good.
0: Oh, that would look nice on you, stage. You about- know, Gene Simmons kissed me on stage once. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Wendy
6: has I a similar tail.
0: It. You slept with him?
8: <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know how you. I don't wow. know how you him kiss him. Wow. I, I have kind of a long tongue. Look so. at the HR
7: people stop by.
8: I stuck out my tongue in front of Gene Simmons and said, I don't know what you're bragging about and as I stuck my tongue out, he licked it. Oh So I called Jimmy Mack and oh, I don't no I said no this good. is what happened and Jim says I don't know if I should be proud or grossed out. <laughs> I'm gonna
7: go with a mix. I spooned so. with Mori Povich. <laughs> you did? Yep.
8: Before
0: everything blew up.
7: Right around the time. Oh, How boy. did Connie
6: feel about that? She was
7: all right with
0: it. <laughs> yeah. She's, <laughs> she's fine with it. Maybe to keep Maury out of the house yep. at this point, it'll be just fine. <laughs> what are you guys doing on the show today?
8: <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because uh, you seem confused about
0: what Fears and up.
7: phobias, Steve. Everybody, it turns out nearly everybody has a strange fear or phobia, mm-hmm. so we will discuss mm-hmm. that at great length. And what's yours? With needles.
0: Needles. Oh, scared yeah. Scared of needles. As yeah. your son Ross is, right? Yes. Yeah, but it's, it's the not, same. But it's, a, but it's a legitimate medical condition. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. You know yeah. what it's called? It's uh, vasovagal or vasovagal? Or
8: trypanophobia.
0: Tri- it's trypanophobia. Yeah. But don't it you is. have the vasovagal, vagal, vagal? I used to drive one of those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the
7: mileage was horrible. It's so where I-
0: the blood <laughs> rushes from your brain to your feet and yeah. you pass out. Well, he passes out. I, you get, violent. Um, I get violent.
4: You, you do.
7: Yeah. Yes, I do. Have you ever told the story about you being banned from a medical practice well wendy a family member of Wendy's is involved in that story. She was there she was uh she was on duty when that happened but uh yeah, a doctor informed me that he was going to give me a blood test, and I informed him that only one of us would leave the room if he did,
0: now, did you're you not supposed not to do that
7: know to a that was coming uh i didn't know there'd have to be a shot. I usually bargain with whoever.
0: My, you know, my medical. Because I would think you'd open up with that, just so we're clear, <laughs> right?
8: I don't do be chefs. no. There'll be no needles. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. my sister-in-law Sheila came out. She was working reception, and what did she say to you? She said the doctor has suggested that you never come back. <laughs> 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 Bill left
0: banned from a medical practice. Yeah. Hey, good news! We got another text. Oh, this is an update This is an update, is is a update uh, to Carolyn. She just wants to include now. Jen's bringing crackers, pretzels, and cheese to our 5.30 meeting. I'll bring a veggie tray. Uh Uh-huh. That's going to be I'd quite a day. A this is a tray.
6: good meeting. We don't have veggie trays. Well, the good news for
0: Carolyn is she's not being asked for snacks. But what I think the texter, who I don't know the name of the texter, I think the texter is opening the door for Carolyn to step in and say, <laughs> I'll bring a side of beef. Right. I'll bring something. Yeah. No, it's right. a girly
8: meeting, I bet. God, sounds like a girly meeting. <laughs> crackers, pretzels, cheese, and yeah. veggie tray? Somebody better bring wine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't turn that down. Why is that a girly <laughs> meeting? Yeah. I, I don't know. Boys eat cheese and crackers well, and veggie Well, it's dinner time. You'd get sub sandwiches, you know? Right.
0: Got to get some meat. Yeah. I thought Mary said it was an early meeting.
7: Yeah,
8: I think it's early. 5.30. Yeah. All right, so
0: let's get back to these phobias. I have this fear that text will come in, and I don't know where they're from. <laughs> it's fun, though. Dave, do you have a phobia? Uh, I'm not a big fan of... I wouldn't call it a,
7: a phobia. I'm not a big fan of snakes. Oh, I hate snakes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But a phobia would mean a rational fear. Where well, you get lightheaded, you feel like you're going to pass oh, yeah, but out. It's, but it really isn't based in fact. Right being afraid of snakes is totally normal and totally manly right right. i'm not scared of anything no nothing nope no man nor beast that's
8: excellent wendy do you have probably just heights and a little claustrophobic too i don't want to be buried alive i forgot about
0: the claustrophobia
8: part so what about where we are uh there are two glasses there's safety glass and real glass so i'm okay but we did, when we first But you know, we're here, hundreds of feet high. I know, but I have to have one hand on the window while I'm mm. bracing myself and looking up. It might be a thousand feet. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's not open. I'm okay with that. Actually,
0: that panel opens. Don't you do that. <laughs> Just at random. You Gee, other people working with me, do you have a phobia? Uh,
6: frogs, clowns, muppets, and people dressed up in uh, furry costumes. Oh. <laughs> Wow!
0: That's a whole list. So, were you ever assigned by Windy City Live to go cover that furries convention?
6: No, absolutely not. Don't try to assign me. It's very suspicious. Why do you have to hide in there and it's going to be very sweaty? (laughs)
4: <laughs> I'm with you on that. Wow. I don't like
6: mascots or th- other than yeah. Southpaw. It's and like Tommy I, don't, Hawk's okay. I don't know who's in there. This is suspicious. I'm so with you. Thank you, Wendy. But what I'm afraid do you think they're going to do? Take you to
8: a high building and make you look out a
6: window? No, but you can't see their eyes, yeah. and your eyes are the it's window creepy. to the soul. And Muppets are little versions of that. I
7: like Muppets. If you ever want to scare G, show her an episode of The Masked Singer. Watch what happens. <laughs> yeah. I think it might have had she something to do violent. with Kermit
6: the Frog, because he's a frog, a Muppet, and kind oh. of... Um, oh,
0: yeah. She's got a problem with all kind of it. Yeah. Well, I think Miss Piggy feels. She's sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes full circle. I don't know if you noticed. It did come full circle. Yeah. (laughs) Well Um, done. uh, I'm going to go with Dave on snakes. I don't really have a fear of heights. Not at all? No. No? I like snakes. I had a snake when I was younger. Well, it goes with your Ozzy Osbourne situation, (laughs) (laughs) doesn't it? It was prep work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Many years. I'm like Dave. I fear nothing. What? That's admirable for both of you guys. Admirable yeah. or maybe a little dumb. Right. Yeah, it's possible. it's right in the middle of those. It's possible it could be both. Hey, do you guys want to play back my Jim Belushi interview? If yeah, we were, we were going to ask. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen, know
8: if we'll have time.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, I'm going to tell you, he's going to be great at 730 on a Friday or Saturday night. I'm just yeah. advising you not call him at 930 in the morning. It's early. I'm pretty sure he just woke up. Yeah. So, that's fine. Uh, Nice to see both of you. I wish you nothing but a good show. Thank you, Steve. We're going to come back tomorrow, G. Looks like we
6: have to be here. I'll be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounded
7: reluctant.
6: Looking forward to it. I'm
7: looking up the word enthusiasm in the dictionary. There's a picture of you guys right
0: now. Let me tell you something. Tomorrow's show? Yeah. Even better than the general
6: interview. Better than
7: that?
0: Even better. (laughs) All right. When the music starts, it's news time.